welcome to the first of many deluxe overpriced DVD sets of The Simpsons. With 280-odd shows in the can, and no end not, in sight. Not, not even close. You might be able to complete your Simpsons DVD collection just before the next format comes along. There are like two or three now that they've, yeah. Thanks for buying. Couldn't do it. What we have here are 13 crudely animated episodes, first aired in 1989 and 1990. All spiffed up, cleaned off, and augmented with bells and whistles, bonus materials, and self-pitying audio commentaries. If Homer, Marge, Bart, and Lisa, and Maggie look weirdly off-model, if their voices sound spooky and different, and if the animation seems particularly glitch-filled, just remember this. We didn't know what the hell we are doing back then. But you know something? We wouldn't have it any other way. Macarini. That's correct. I'm Kevin. And I'm Rachel. This is Shelf Life, a compendium of a brother and sister team going through everything that is in the zeitgeist of culture, be that movies, TV, video games, comic books, books, comic, I said comics, wrestling, yeah. Yeah. sports, did I hit everything? I think so. Well, fi- I don't know. There's like a million things entertainment. that we can do with this show. Yes, enter- yes, that's right, entertainment. We are entertainment. The point of this show <laughs> is to figure out whether or not anything and everything has shelf life, meaning is it worthy enough to be on your shelf, digital or physical? In this case, very importantly, we have the physical copies of the beginning of one of the most important things in our lives, at least for, my, for me, I think for you as well, because now in this episode three of shelf life we are delving into tv land we're we're leaving movies and we are going to my for me personally my personal favorite show of all time the simpsons yes (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what to add to that well i i guess i I grew up we we grew up with the simpsons it was out before i was born and then it was always on the tv (laughs) This this is and and we we kind of said it in the first couple of episodes. We started off a little lower stakes. We started off a little small. Why are we going full bore here? And we are starting the t- our journey through television with our journey through Springfield in The Simpsons. I would say it's because you've got to start with the thing that influences everything else, and that is The Simpsons. Without The Simpsons, there is no King of the Hill. There is no Family Guy. There is no American Dad. There is no The Office. There is no Parks and Rec. There is no Community. There is no Rick and Morty. There is no Futurama. There is no any of of them. Any of them. Without The Simpsons. It doesn't just influence animated shows. It influenced all of television. There is no Arrested Development. There is no Always Sunny in Philadelphia. There is none of that stuff without The Simpsons. I would wager, too, there is no Ratatouille. There is no Toy Story. There is no, there is no WALL-E. There is no Iron Giant. There is no Disney without The Simpsons. It is the influential spot of anyone our age, whether they know it or like it or not. And we're going to prove it starting by going through season one. Now... That, that we was were a talking very about... bold claim, Kevin. Thank you. That was very, well, I, very bold. I We gotta have the hot takes on this. 
show, and and that's my hot take. I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm being a, a little, you know, hyper hyperbolic and funny and over the top, but it is. It's a very influential show for us. It pretty much defines the way that we talk, and and taught us how to be witty. Yeah, probably. And and, and snappy. It. It was the base for the wit. Yes. It it what well, it's the thing that 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 goes through and and is able to do a joke that is so esoteric and out of and crazy and it, and then do something like a fart joke or a burp yeah, and everybody burps. in the room can laugh. <laughs> More, yeah, you're right. More burps than farts. My point is, is that it it is kind of that that centerpiece, and I, I think that when it comes to TV, we should start with the centerpiece because before this, before The Simpsons, most there's good stuff before this. We'll get into that stuff, but most stuff from the mid '80s to back on television was com- very, very much comfort food. It was not something that was to be thought of as thinky or higher art or very you know edgy mm-hmm. uh not there wasn't a lot of edgy material on television right. because that's not what it was there for right and the whole point that that Macarening brought to it was he wanted to basically say everything else that you're watching is shit like <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what are what are your kind of thoughts about The Simpsons, Rachel? Before we get into get into it, well, are you talking about Simpsons as a whole, or we are we getting into just the the first well, let's, season? Let's start with Simpsons as a whole, and then we can get into the first season. So, I mean, like I said before, we grew up with The Simpsons. It came out like a few years before I was born, so I guess that kind of tells you my age. But at the same time, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was on every every. Uh, Every time we were having dinner, I always remember having The Simpsons on, and it would be like just like a, that little twenty-minute episode <laughs> that we'd watch. And uh, there always were those ones that you were excited to watch and and see, and all those the lines that you were like anticipating, especially after you, obviously after you've seen them and wanted to watch the reruns. It I don't know. It it's it's just kind of the basis for everything that we, we we say and everything we do and how we like to tell jokes really it has that nice rhythm to it that like leads us to the next uh next point i would say that uh the early simpsons is what i is what i love um i golden age the golden age of the simpsons is 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 where i am at i don't remember what season i completely just dropped it um, but I no longer watch the new new, new Simpsons well, anymore. I, 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 I'll make another bold statement. I mean, I, I think that it's important. I think the way that the, there's a few things when, we, when we're evaluating whether something has shelf life or not. And, and f- I, I mean, we're doing going to do this season by season, episode by episode. I look at The Simpsons as being at least two different shows. You mm-hmm. have The Simpsons... And then The Simpsons. Yep. And yes, that was a Simpsons reference. But <laughs> I don't know when the cutoff is either. And maybe we'll find out as we, we go through our journey of The Simpsons. But I, I think it's it's just something where the humor didn't necessarily change, but it evolved with the times. It wasn't as good. And I know... No, I that, hate it now. The defense... <laughs> I hate it now. I, I, I will be blatantly obvi- honest and say that I do not enjoy the jokes. I do not enjoy the characters. I do not enjoy the plot lines. I think that they 
should have stopped once their wit ended. They they should have they should have stopped, but um, they didn't. We will figure out like at what point does the Simpsons ep- uh, seasons and episodes stop having shelf life? I think there are diamonds in the rough. Probably, maybe we can find diamonds in the rough, or people can suggest you know let us know what some diamonds in the rough are once we get past Golden Age Simpson. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, uh, yeah, there probably will be like a cutoff point. The other thing about this is what it, what you have in your hand, Rachel, is is my copy, my personal copy from the year 2001 of The Simpsons Season 1 on digital video disc. Yep. Also known as DVD. It's something you can't get anymore because as we know and as our as our ongoing feud would indicate, <laughs> it is only available on Disney Plus, or if you can find one of these DVDs lying around. And yeah. I would love to have all of these on Blu-ray. I don't think that Disney has any intention of... of oh, absolutely uh, not. They just want releasing. you to buy their streaming site, because it's more expensive to do that. In the long In run. In the long run. But they I, force I, you I, to do it now. <laughs> but I, I do think... I, I think that we can go you know through this with the DVDs and just kind of say like, if you don't have the DVDs and there's probably a lot of people out there that don't have the DVDs, especially season one, because people seem to poo poo season one a lot. Matt Groening even says it on the, in your, the quote that you did at the beginning. I think going through them on Disney plus is still important. And hopefully they have everything fixed so that they don't, (laughs) they don't have the jokes cut off. Season one doesn't have as, as many signed background jokes as the future seasons. I didn't think I didn't see as many like you know like the, they called them sign jokes. Sure, but, I didn't see much. Yeah, um, but still, like there were uh, when it first went on Disney Plus, people were complaining that um, they changed the aspect ratio, mm-hmm. so like you couldn't see the everything that was originally on the screen, and in a lot of instances, you were missing jokes because the you know the animation would have them right yeah uh it's like um when they used to i remember specifically when they used to syndicate ghostbusters for cable that scene when they're in the elevator you can't see all three of them oh i can't remember who gets cut off but like somebody gets cut off oh my god for like old tv right you don't have that problem anymore but yeah i think that this is i think this is a good spot to start with television because it's so influential to us. When it comes to season one, do you have any opening remarks before before I get in a little bit to, to what I looked up as the history of how the show got started? I, I didn't realize um, how many good ones were in season one. <laughs> and like, it's it's funny because you, you go back and you listen to it and you hear the, the, the old voices and you hear the old sounds and you see the old artwork. A, and lot, it... of, a lot of um, click clunk. I can't yes. do like, but like yes. a lot of that noise. Anytime anybody's walking, it yep. was very weird. And uh, and you see the old artwork, and it's kind of just endearing. I just go, oh, this is where they started, and I just I really like that. I don't know why. I just it's just one of those things that it's like, oh, this is where it started, and there's some really good episodes in this, you know. So like, going all the way back, there's like really good episodes. So. I- and and I will say I think the way that we're, we'll do t- television and 
this is our show, so we get to do whatever we want, and we can change this if we want to. Because that's right. Because we are, as we say, the truth, and whatever we want to do, we want we can do. Also, yeah, there are like two dozen at least Simpsons podcasts out there that delve into things like how the animation works, and then some are just like going over the jokes or whatever. So yeah, this is definitely not something the world needs. Is another Simpsons podcast. In fact, you can call, you can subtitle this "Shelf Life," the TV Land colon. That's right, another Simpsons podcast as our, you know, the subtitle of of our journey through Springfield. We're still gonna do it because we, I mean, you, we love the Simpsons, the Golden Age Simpsons. When we say the Simpsons, we mean the Golden Age Simpsons. We love them. I have, I'm wearing. You can't see them. I hang on, Rach. Maybe I can get this up so you can see i have my homer <laughs> slippers on. yes I, I i don't i i i don't have a ton of homer uh, and, and bart stuff out oh man i got my maggie there's a maggie magnet somewhere on the desk but um i think this is as good a spot to start as any when we are doing episodes on television we haven't quite figured out how we're going to do this yet because the name of our game here is to get through all of pop culture and even though Rachel and I have basically decided we'll do this until, you know, for the next 50 years, going through 280 episodes of The Simpsons, because that's what Macarena had said on the box. So we know there's 280 good ones. Yep. Uh, <laughs> or 280 that we that's can get through. That's what we're starting. That was, well, that was from 2001. So right. like, if, even if you go to 2000 or whatever. So uh, that would take, uh, let's say, roughly, we're doing these like once, I don't know if every three four weeks to carry the one and uh, like 12 years and that's just <laughs> the simpsons so the the question is like how how are we going to do this well we don't necessarily know so i, I i'm gonna steal the line stay tuned and you'll f- figure out exactly how we'll end up doing television episodes um, because we have a lot on, we have a lot of TV to, to do as well as movies and, um, it'll be interesting to find out. But season one of the Simpsons, I will self-admittedly say when I, when Rachel and I were booking the show, when we were sitting by the pool booking the show and it's a Vince McMahon, Pat Ferris. I assumed. <laughs> we were sitting by the pool booking the show. Um, I said, you know, you know, what we can do, we can do the Simpsons and we'll do the first season and then and then we'll see like we can go episode by episode and we'll just keep going and Rachel said it's a hell of an idea oh, that's, and, that's a hell of an idea <laughs> and um but I thought we would be able to get through it in like you know our standard episode length but to your point once you watch the episodes again you're like oh there's a lot of stuff stuff to get through yes yes there is so i think we probably should start but i want because part of our goal here is not just to make sure that you the listener who who we're doing who we're doing this for the people that sit at work every day and have to cram through their work and they have hours on end to spend we're doing that for you, that you have something to listen to. We're doing this for the people that have to get up at night to because their child's woken up 
they got to let the dog out. They have to take the dog for a walk. They need something in their ear. We're doing this for the people that have to commute hours on end to get to work in the mm-hmm. middle of the pandemic. We're doing this for you. And that's why our episodes are so long. And because we are blowhards is really the reason. But we want to make sure that you get a little bit of background into the shows as well or the movies as well. Even though what we really are evaluating this on, what we're really caring about, what we're really doing this on is purely the art, um, whatever it is. That's that's my disclaimer to say that like we're going to do stuff on the show and we've already done stuff on the show that like could be uh, canceled. But it's it's a part of the process of going through and saying, is this something that you have to cut all that out? But but the, the, the point the point I was trying to say is um, the reason that that will give a little bit of background is so that you get an idea of of how it started and where it came from, even though all we're going to really do is evaluate it based on on the art that you see in front of you. And that's more or less to give you, you know, a couple of our our overall themes, which is everybody is basically doing this. Yeah, they you need to hope that somebody's making content for quality and not quantity. And part of the problem now today is that everything is quantity, not quality. Yep. Uh, including the Simpsons, yep. because it's just we just need more shit to put on Disney Plus. Making sure that everyone understands that uh, everyone is everyone that is in Hollywood or wherever else we go on the journey through shelf life is basically just trying to carny you out of what you what you uh, find interesting. That being said, let me start with saying where the Simpsons began. Let's 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 form the show, Rachel. How how to start forming this show, shall we? Okay. I'm okay with that. Let's 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 start there. The show starts. The Simpsons the the Simpsons actually begins with James L. Brooks. Not Matt Groening. I'll start with James L. Brooks. James L. Brooks is a prolific producer of television and movies in the 70s and 80s. He's worked on the Mary Tyler Moore show, Taxi, uh, the movies broadcast news, Terms of Endearment, all of this stuff. He's known as being very good at combining sentimentality, actually kind of being more of an elevated, like, smart, and then, like, funny at the same time kind of thing. That's 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 his shtick. He is a Hollywood it guy. He has everything. In the mid-80s or early 80s, he is developing or working on developing with Tracy Ullman, the Tracy Ullman show. He's, he's producing it. And the Tracy Ullman... Tracy Ullman was a comedian. She's a British comedian. And the show was basically going to be a skit show. It was going to be a skit show on, on Fox. I think so. Anyway, I don't have all of that detail, but I think it was going to be on Fox. Yes, Fox Broadcasting. Fox is a the new kid on the block when it comes to broadcast television. Um, there were, what, five channels back in the day before we were born, Rachel? So... <laughs> It's it's they were trying to come up with stuff that would be different to have on TV other than what ABC, NBC, CBS were were broadcasting. So they they went with the the, the Tracy Ullman show. 
Brooks, knowing that it was going to be a sketch show, decided that instead of it just being, I guess, and I don't remember them ever doing this. Like we, like SNL is still around. Like, I mean, even mad TV was around in the nineties. Like, I don't remember them ever doing this, but I guess between sketches to get set up for the next sketch, they had things that James L. Brooks refers to as buffers, which were like supposed to just be like these little things to do um, while they were getting set up for the sketches. Okay. Instead, and and they used to just be like little thirty second like nothings, like ads almost, or just like watching somebody put a set together. He wanted to make them funny, and he thought, well, if we could do them animated, like you know, that could like lead to something different on the show. That leads to Matt Groening. Talk a little bit about Matt Groening. Matt Groening is a cartoonist from Portland, Oregon. And he grew, grows up in Oregon. His grandfather or father, uh, his father Homer, uh, was advertiser, but he also did cartooning. Um, so even even no matter where we go, we're gonna have something where hey, you're you're not just you can't just be talented. You probably have to know somebody mm-hmm. to end up having your name in history. Sure, Let's just keep that in mind. But he decides uh, he's going to go to L.A. and become a cartoonist when he graduates college. So he leaves for L.A. and he does a lot of, like, crap jobs. He's like a dishwasher. He's busting tables. He's doing all this junk. And he gets a job as a clerk at Hollywood Licorice Pizza, which was a record (laughs) store in L.A., (laughs) That's where he gets employed to do, like, alternative newspaper stuff. So it's the 70s, I guess, so any schmuck... it's I think of it as, today, you'd have a fucking blog or a podcast. Back then, you had some alternative newspaper that you were doing nothing. You know, it was going around to your 10 friends or whatever. Sure. But he um, ended up doing some, like stuff for this this alternative newspaper and at the same time he decided to come up with this um life in hell comic and life in hell was just his like little doodles where he would he basically drew rabbits and it was just like the depressing life that he was leading in hollywood like all of this like crap that he like hated california and hated la and all this stuff and it was called life in hell but it was still that macraining positivity where it's like kind of goofy like over the top goofiness eventually uh, he would just stick it in the corner at the licorice pizza um, and sell life and hell comics and that in turn ended up allowing him to he ended up showing the cartoons to the editor of the the paper that he was like doing typesetting for the alternative paper the guy liked them so he put them into the paper it was called the reader and it, it's, it makes its debut in 1980 into this alternative newspaper. Then he ends up giving Graining his own column. So every week Graining starts writing this column. And he had nothing, he had no idea what to write about. So he would just write about like junk every week into this column. It sounds very Stan Lee-ish. Um, oh, yeah. Like it was it just kind of like a does. soapbox. And then eventually he's asked to make a book 
out of his series of strips in the paper. He had a girlfriend at the time that also worked there that said, we, we could self-publish these. So they, in the 80s, they end up making a self-published book, comics, book of comics, like a, a, like a trade back mm-hmm. of comics. And it sells 22,000 copies, which is a lot. Yeah, it's, that does it's sound pretty like popular quite a bit, yeah. For, for the 80s. So it, it, it just took off. I've never read a Life in Hell comic. I've seen a couple of them. I think they're probably somewhere around these DVDs where, like, they show, like, how to how to die in L.A. I, I, like, I vividly remember, like, how to die in L.A. where, like, it's, like, nine different um, cell, uh, you know, comic squares. Mm-hmm. And it, like, has, like, different ways to die in L.A. And they're, like, kind of funny or whatever. But Graining has done Life in Hell, did Life in Hell comics until 2012. He he did them uh, up until then, but that's how he gets started. James Brooks has read the Life in Hell comics, and he likes them, so he calls Matt Groening and says, "How would you like to get into animation?" Well, it's James L. Brooks. You're not going to say no, so he he goes to meet with James L. Brooks, and he realizes while he's waiting in the lobby according to greening this is the st- this is the story all of these people have a, a story right sure but he says i didn't want to give them life in hell because if whatever this show was if it doesn't work if if people don't like it that's the end he can't do anything else because the Life in Hell comics is how he's making his living. Mm-hmm. And, and he thinks it'll tank the Life in Hell comics if, if the sh- it doesn't go well. So he decides to quickly sketch out and come up with this family of characters. He comes up with a dad named Homer, names him after his dad. He draws a character named Marge. Uh, his mom is named Margaret. Mm-hmm. He draws two girls, uh, one named Lisa and one named Maggie. Uh, he has two little sisters named Lisa and Maggie. And then he draws a, a, a boy, and he doesn't want to name it Matt because he thinks that's too obvious, so he names him Bart, an anagram for Brat. <laughs> so Brooks likes the idea, and they go to town, and they, they decide that they're going to make this show. But they're just little shorts. They're just little, like, two minutes each, you know, episode of the Tracy Ullman show. And they're really bad. Uh, <laughs> have you watched any of them? I have not watched any of those before, no. Um, yeah, so uh, here's one now. Well, good night, son. Um, Dad? Yeah? What is the mind? Is it just a system of impulses, or is it something tangible? Relax. What is mind? No matter. What is matter? Never mind. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Good night, son. Good night, Lisa. Good night, Mom. Sweet dreams. Thanks, Mom. Sleep tight. I will, Mom. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Bed bugs? When the bell breaks, the cradle will fall. Baby cradle and all sweet dreams. 
may be the best parents in the world. Mm. Good night, dear. Good night. All right, climb in. There's nothing to worry about. Now everyone go to sleep. Good night. It's pretty terrible. Uh, so I, uh, when we get to the 138th episode spectacular, uh, I think we'll just include Troy McClure going ah, ha, 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 about joking about how bad the oh my god the yes. sketches are. Hi, I'm Troy um, McClure. But because it was something different, it was, I guess, like it's hard to, it's hard to judge. But they're just these shittily drawn things somebody so they they hire this animation studio that never really did anything like this before um somebody at the animation studio said like why don't we make them yellow because it would stand out that was all the thought that went into that so like now they have all these bright colors and things like that um he did draw all of the hair hair hairlines the hairstyles to make sure that you could identify them in silhouette which is still a brilliant move because if you see those heads anywhere in the in the pla- on the planet, you know exactly what that is. They debut in 1987 on the Tracy Ullman show, and they do some sketches on the Tracy Ullman show. They go through that a little bit. Now we get into the point where hey, they're all right. They're they're doing all right. It's a it's a popular thing. This is where it comes to Fox wanting to have a half an hour show that can be uh, something totally different from the other channels. They've got Married with Children coming up. They want something to go along with it. James L. Brooks negotiates with Fox and Klasky Chupo, which is the animation house, to get The Simpsons as a half an hour television show. And this is extremely risky for Fox. So... They said they will pay for it. Uh, Fox paid, and they thought, is this going to work? Graining, because, or, or, or James L. Brooks, because he's James L. Brooks, also got it signed into the contract that they could, meaning Fox, could give notes about the show. They could say what they want to change about the show, what they want in the show. Any, the Simpsons could say, great, and throw them away. They didn't have to, it, it, it was completely up to the people working on The Simpsons what the show would be. And that's key, I think, because... Because of I, how everything's changed now, do you think that's not the same? Because I was well, just thinking that. That they couldn't <laughs> they don't, get away with it? Yeah, they don't, get the, they don't get a say anymore. They probably have zero say, it's whatever the hell big execs say is funny to put onto the screen at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, it their can be characters hard aren't to... characters anymore. It's whatever's funny. Use that character to do this thing, because it would be funny. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the manatee writing that yes, a hundred percent refers to yeah, where it's just a manatee rolls a ball from one end of the tank to the other, and then whatever's on the ball, you just make a joke about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I I think too like. There's a lot of pop culture in this golden age of Simpsons, but it's done in a way that it weaves it into the story. Right. 
as opposed to just now here's a joke about uh, i don't know uh Nicki minaj or cardi b or, i was trying to who, think of cardi who, b. is it the one that was <gasps> yeah, that one yeah. yeah um well i did a wookie but... more so than i did hers though didn't i <laughs> hers is hard to do you have to like have the the like a perfect pitch to do i'm not even gonna try Oh, cr- um, that one. <laughs> you're just going to do this for the next hour. <laughs> um, I'm going to go from Wookiee to Cardi B every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> I mean, it's the same idea, yeah. So Fox says, okay, we don't have to do the these notes. They start developing the show so i mentioned james l brooks and he worked on taxi he decides well you're gonna need writers for this show so we get he gets the best writer he knows and that is sam simon sam simon is the third executive producer on the simpsons his name is on all of the television screens before we enter the episode at the at the start of the end credits sam simon was a wonderkin so to give you an idea, Rach, he was born in 1955. Uh, he died in 2015. But he was born in 1955. So he's 32 when he's going to be the head of the writer's room for The Simpsons. Nice. <laughs> um, his career is, again, uh, he's born in Los Angeles. He's kind of a privileged kid. His dad's a lawyer and stuff. He... He wanted to be a writer and an artist since he was a little kid. His parents wanted him to be a lawyer. He was like, no, I'm, I, I don't really want to do that. He seems like the type of guy, and we'll get to this episode. I mean, add this to the list, but do you know that episode of Recess, Rachel, where the kid is better? They all have their, they, everyone on Recess has a niche. And then this, that kid comes along and he ruins it for all oh, of them. I hate that kid. Like, he, I, I even understood the pains of that. It was just, like, annoying because this kid always is better than everybody. Yes, I, I, I what think, you mean. I think he seems kind of like that kid because, like, looking at his Wikipedia page, it's like uh, he, he, was, he was on the football team in high school. He was a cartoonist for the school newspaper. Maybe he's just um, Delilah from... Well, that or he's just Delilah from the faculty. That but, too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, he's he Lisa. Was, he was named most humorous and most talented in his senior yearbook. And he did not want to attend college, but he did because Stanford said he had good grades and he was good enough at football that they'd give him the scholarship to Jeez. do it. So he went to Stanford and quit the football team after one day because he hated it. Which Wouldn't that just make it so he has to drop then? <laughs> Well, that's like the scholarship well, he type probably thing. could afford it anyway. Oh, that's true. Rich father. Um, and then he was, uh, he drew comics for the college newspaper, which is a theme for Simpsons writers because on the other side of the country are all of these Harvard asses that are writing for uh, the National Lampoons that end up being the writers on the Simpsons. So if you want to be one of the top minds in the world, Apparently, you become a comedy writer for, like, the Ivy League schools. I think um, I think that's uh, that has something to do with how you want to get your wit heard. You want to get your 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 interesting insight into stuff heard yeah. is to make it funny. 
You do it through comedy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Not, and not comedy like Jimmy Kimmel, like Stephen Colbert. Kind, no. That, and James Corden. Like, they're bad at, like, there's no subtlety. Well, they, I don't know that they don't comedy. even write their own comedy. Those, those guys true. don't write their own comedy. Well, and, well, we'll get into and, that. And, in and, and if they don't write their own comedy, they're not going to present it well. So the person who wrote it is the one that knows how to present it, and that's the well, person that would have the wit for it. There's going to be a couple people in the Simpsons writer's room that wrote for Johnny Carson, um, oh. but they never met Johnny Carson. <laughs> so to your point, they, they don't really know how the joke is supposed to go. So he And he wanted to, Sam Simon wanted to be in the art classes, but he was denied admission because he was not talented enough. Well... And, he wrote uh, in the Stanford Alumni Magazine, he was told he'd be taking the space of a student who had more talent. <laughs> um, wow. So I, I kind of like learning about Sam Simon a little bit. I guarantee you he loved throwing that back in the face of the oh, school. No, no. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So he, he graduates to become a sports cartoonist, of all things, for the San Francisco newspaper. Um, does a little bit of work at a film at Filmation Studios. Does a little bit of work here and there for some different specs for some different scripts. And the guy he was working for said uh, he should write a script just to see if Hollywood would take it. So he writes a spec script for Taxi, which is the show that James L. Brooks is producing. Sure. It becomes a show. It's so good. He becomes a writer on the show. He's so good, he becomes the head writer of the show. <laughs> Instant step walking up the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why James L. Brooks decides, I'm getting Sam Simon. And Sam Simon decides to assemble a team of writers he just sort of fucking finds. So I, it's kind of, you know, when we get into comic book, uh, particularly the Avengers... So many of the, like, you think of the new Avengers, Rachel, or mm -hmm. think of, like, even Guardians of the Galaxy in the comic books. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's always that, like, here's the one guy, and then he just goes, you know, I gotta, I go find Spider-Man, and then I'm gonna go talk to Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, and then I'm gonna go talk to Daredevil. And it's, uh, I, it's, <laughs> I, I like to think of it that way. Like, if we were going to write the, the fake story of how The Simpsons was made, he just goes door to door getting sure. all these Harvard there, people. There's, there's even a heist episode in Rick and Morty, and I assume we're going to get to this at one point. And in that one, they go around collecting people, and it's, you son of a bitch, I'm in. And it's just yeah. every well, single one the of them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way and, that and works. We'll, We'll probably talk more about the, the individual writers when we get into each episode, or at least just kind of touch on what those individual writers did, because some of them just exclusively worked on The Simpsons, and some of them are responsible for a lot more in popular culture. He develops the writer's room. They start writing things with the oversight of James L. Brooks and Matt Groening. Groening and Sam Simon don't always get along, because Sam Simon, all the writers are writing for Sam Simon. They instantly can tell Sam Simon is the pulse of the show, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Matt Groening's comedy is a little more positive. So you have like a more cynical writer in Sam Simon who's focused on like character development, and Matt Groening who's a little more of a positive uh, humorist. And I guess, and, and this is where, I guess they there's a little bit of a falling out or a little bit of like 
headbutts a little bit between Groening and Sam Simon because Sam Simon apparently once said, do whatever you want, like, you know, if, if the show doesn't make it, like, we still want it to be good. And he was saying it because if for a lot of these writers, this was a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want them stressed out. He wanted them to just be loose and, like, writing something. And make you know, it enjoyable. Make it fun. Do what you think is fun. The problem is, is that Graining interpreted it as, who gives a shit if this show works or not? We are all going to have jobs because I'm Sam Simon. And Graining thought, well, no, this is kind of it for me. Like, this is, either this works or it doesn't. He's all in, um, right. But I, I guess subsequently, both of them, had, like, Sam Simon said, like, no, Graining was, like, instrumental in, like, getting heart into the show, with, along with James L. Brooks and... and Matt Groening had said, like, yeah, all, like, the humor is, like, that Sam Simon style. So, anyway, they all kind of get along at that point. Now, I have talked way too much about the history of The Simpsons, but it is our most important show. So I did want to be able to, like, bring it up, bring up at least how it comes together. Rachel's going to cut, like, a half an hour out of my I'm going to try. But <laughs> that was all I had okay. when it comes to how this thing got going. Do you have anything else to add, Rachel? To the history? Not really. Or anything else you want to get into before we get into season one and episode one, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. After after this word from our sponsor, uh, we'll come back and we will begin our, our dive into The Simpsons season one. Are you tired of the same old Christmas shows? Well, so are the Simpsons. Hey, Santa, what's shaking, man? That's why America's funniest new family is starring in their very own Christmas comedy. When do we get paid? They're coming to save the holidays. Hey, little one, Santa's back. Oh, oh, no! The Simpsons Christmas special, Sunday on Fox. I warned everybody... At the end of the Small Soldiers episode, I was going to babble on about the fucking Simpsons. So I don't want to hear it. Calm so anyway. down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we, we've we got to begin with the idea that I popped in that DVD player. I don't know, Rachel. I, I hadn't watched these episodes in years. So it was it's nostalgic a just while. to watch the DVD. Absolutely. Oh, it was nostalgic to put the DVD into the DVD player, and then it pops up, and you can't hit play all, for one. The music just repeats over (laughs) and over and over again if you don't change it, like, right away. Yeah, they don't make them like they used to. I can't wait till we get to the season where there's, like, those funny buttons with Krusty the Clown, and it, like, spins, and it's, like, a little ass thing. You have to press it, like, four times to be able to watch anything. It's obnoxious. (laughs) I don't know why they did that. Because they thought it was fun. I, yeah. Because look at what we can do with this DVD. Exactly. So, where do we begin? Where to Um, begin? Well, I guess I have a, I have a... I have a thing to say. The first episode wasn't supposed to be Simpsons roasting on an open fire. Mm-hmm. They um, looked at the art on the um, Some Enchanted Evening episode, and it was so awful that they asked if they could put Simpsons roasting on an open fire first instead and redo most of the animation and the other 
the other episode, the first episode. Yeah, because it was supposed to debut in like September, right? And they they had to they had to basically redo redo it and like push the the date back. Exactly. So it's it's. Uh, I thought it was weird that they started on a Christmas episode. It's 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 weird, but at the same time, like I never knew that. No. Like I probably knew that, but like didn't think about it. And it makes sense that you like you had these shorts, and then it's like he- here's like the the pilot episode is the sim- is the Christmas episode. It's like no, this is just like our special. We're just doing a, a special Christmas episode, and then it's like hey, now it's a show. If you liked the Christmas, it's it made sense, and right. it, and it 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 brought the characters in in a in a way that I don't think Enchanted Evening does. Right, I think like, this I think actually this... does a better job of actually developing the characters right away for you. Yeah. And I think that's why, and we'll get into it, and we'll rank, I think we could rank these episodes. We could we could say if, if any of them individually have shelf life, or if the season as a whole has shelf life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is one of the better episodes of this season, for me personally. Uh, and we'll get into it, but I think it's because they've had a little, this was not the first episode that they made. So I think they've had a little bit of time sure. um, to figure it out. This is episode number one of 695 episodes of The Simpsons. At this point. <laughs> as, as of this recording. Premiered on December 17th, 1989. Written by Mimi Pond and directed by David Silverman. David Silverman was like the head artist for The Simpsons. So he direct he was like the head director in quotes. I, I can't remember if he had like a different title. But this was the first time he ha- was asked to direct something that was a half an hour long. I think he directed like the shorts. Okay. Mimi Pond never went on to do like a ton of different stuff. And this is the only episode she ever wrote for The Simpsons. Wow. Um, I'm kind of surprised. It, yeah. And, and it's such an important thing like you wrote the first episode of the simpsons exactly i think she's said in interviews in the in the future that she didn't this was not like an explanation of that was given to her personally but she heard through the grapevine that sam simon didn't want a woman in the writer's room of course of course we have to deal with that kind of shit back then um, Still yeah, have which, to deal with it, but it's which is not good. That's so not gross. A good look. That's so gross. I mean, think about it. think about how much better. Like the writers' room is nothing but Harvard guys. And, like they all have similar backgrounds. Having different points of view in that writers' room, how much better the show would have been even then. Oh yeah, it would have been much better, but they didn't think that way. That's not how life worked back then. No. No, but uh, I, and again, another example of not there. These people are not all perfect. A lot of them are all just Hollywood, what you think they are. Yep. So <laughs> there, as much as I, as much as we said, Sam Simon is a wonderkin. Apparently, he had a little bit of a problem with women. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> hey, you know, like we're always, I'm always gonna say this. I might like the actual product, the art the, itself. I may not like the person in the background. I may not like the company in the I don't background. I never like the person. In the it's background true. It's true. But I'm just saying, like you know, as much as I might love what the actor did, I may not like the actor. I might not, you know, like the director. It's just the way that that life kind of works. Some really amazing things can come from really horrible people. <laughs> <laughs> the quote of the day by Rachel. <laughs> this is the first episode. Simpsons roasting on an open fire, and it begins with. Homer and Marge drive. Homer and Marge and Maggie are driving on their way to the pageant. Oh, the voice. 
So we didn't really get into it, but Palmer is played by Dan Castellaneta and Marge is played by Julie Kavner and they were regulars uh, for Tracy Ullman. So Tracy just said, like, why don't you just use them? They're sure. sure you can just use them. Nancy, Nancy Carwright and, and Yardley Smith, I think, came in other you know and, and then harry Shearer, and you got all you know hank azaria a cast of great comedic voice talent mm-hmm. uh, i think they just kind of came in but that's that's how they ended up and i don't understand i mean you know where dan castellano got the homer voice it's supposed to be walter Matthau, oh and it doesn't gosh. sound anything like the homer we know and love today <laughs> right but it gets closer as the it does and it's kind of fun to see how everything develops and changes over time because everybody's voice even like ralph wiggum's voice and oh, his this whole ralph. like his whole this is not ralph <laughs> no it is not ralph <laughs> it looks like ralph but it is not ralph nope. <laughs> but everything like that it's just how it works it's so interesting so they are on their way to the pageant I-, I said the animation not quite there yet um it's pretty crude um it's so endearing but so endearing. <laughs> i mean it's i think it's better than i, I think, could do right now <laughs> well they've like i think even this year they showed it on christmas and and i think this will obviously you'll have to cut this part up just when we when do when we do our shelf life christmas package of like all the christmas stuff we do <laughs> This will be the Simpsons part. Christmas, I like it. <laughs> I think that they showed this around Christmas because it is a Christmas. They can you can show it as a Christmas special. Mm-hmm. It still holds up as a Christmas special because you just remember it's from the eighties. It's like oh, it's old as hell. Sure. So, well, it's just like a Christmas story. It's got like that, <laughs> that same feeling to it. It's just a Christmas uh, a show, a Christmas story that you get to get to enjoy around that time. And it's it's the same everything that would still happen nowadays. There's the pageants, and you have to go out to the kids' pageants, and they do all of those things, and then you have to deal with relatives, and you have to deal with, like, money and gifts and things. It's it's just how Christmas works. Well, Al Jean, who is the, I think, the current showrunner, I mean, he was the showrunner for a very, very long time for The Simpsons, uh, and a showrunner is just, like, the, the guy that is in charge of the show, basically you know is is in charge of the writers and in charge of the animation sure he said that his idea for the last episode of the simpsons would be marge and homer driving to the christmas pageant would be the last scene so then it it all loops around oh yeah (laughs) in a circle sure (laughs) which they better get going on if they're gonna do that because have you listened have you heard marge no in any of the new episodes i haven't she doesn't sound like Marge anymore because oh. Julie Kavner is old, so sure. her voice has changed. Oh, that's like that, like that's hurtful. <laughs> Whenever any character has to like change voice actors, it's hurtful. Well, I'm just saying, like, well, even we're the person, to a point. right? I mean, well, when we get to Rogue One and that part where Darth Vader's in Rogue One, mm. Rogue One, and James Earl James, it's Earl not James Jones. Earl Jones. Yeah, it's like doesn't that sound like James Earl Jones? Because it sounds like an old man yeah. talking. <laughs> Anyway, so they, they arrive at the Christmas pageant and, oh, we're going to see the Santa, are we, our Principal Skinner, Principal Skinner is, <laughs> oh, here we're going to have a sketch of the Chris Santas from around the world. And you get, um, you get 
Ralph. Mm -hmm. I said Proto-Ralph. He does not have the right voice yet. No. And, like, I couldn't tell if this was supposed to be a joke where, like, he has, I have eyes in the back of my head. And the audience (laughs) is, like, shocked because, like... Well, that he turns around like and the eyes joke. just like pop out. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> but it, it, clearly, there were like the like those glasses that right. had like the thing. But I was like, that's such like a Matt Groening joke where it's like he thinks like everyone from the generation before him was like so uptight because a lot of the Simpsons, I think, is like humor is um a little anachronistic where mm-hmm. it's like almost making fun of people from the fifties and sixties and seventies a little bit. Yeah, and then we get Lisa doing. Some sort of dance. I I could not tell you what she I was thought doing. It was fun. Here. She, I I wrote down Lisa goes all out. <laughs> <laughs> like she really does, and I think that's why everybody looks like shocked and I'm like amazed because she learned this whole dance for like this, yeah, she's this got, like, Santa from torches. around the world, <laughs> and yeah, she's got like the the fire sticks and everything. It's insane. But that's Lisa. And you learn her personality, like, immediately from that. Yeah, you have an idea. She goes all out. She does something super esoteric, but she's like, I'm going to pay tribute to the, you know. Right. I think it's a, I think it's fake. I don't think it's a real oh, Santa. It probably isn't, but, you know, it actually could be. You never know. I, I was listening to another podcast where they were talking about, they did an interview with Mimi Pond, and she said, like, having to do the research on the Santas from around the world pre-internet was, like, oh, impossible. God. Oh, I would imagine. <laughs> So I think they did just, they made up at least one of them. No, the one with the eyes in the back of the head, though, I think is a real one. I think that's real. Yeah, I think that is real. There's some interesting Santas. Just a sidebar. (laughs) There are some very interesting Santas. I I also noticed that, like, one of the jokes, because, again, like, it's a lot of, like, these Harvard-educated guys. Some of these jokes go over my head because they're still, like, the same, like, type of joke. This is a smart joke. Mm Mm-hmm. But it goes over your head because there's no, they don't, like, give it a beat. It's, like, a lot of weird wordplay. Like, Principal Skinner messes up words this whole, like, he's, like, (laughs) and, like, that's supposed to be, like, a bit. And it's, like, is that, like, that's a joke, but it's not funny. It's just kind of of a thing. But then we get uh, the introduction of Bart because his class is singing Jingle Bells. And he's not singing Jingle Bells the correct way. He is singing it with some alternative lyrics. Bart, sweet Homer, he sings like an angel. Oh, Jingle Bells, Batman smells, Robin lays an egg. The Batmobile broke its wheel, the Joker got a... And I think that this predates the show. I can't imagine, because, I mean, obviously we didn't watch this live. We weren't, I was in, I, I couldn't walk, and you weren't born. So I can't imagine having watched watched this as a kid. Of Like, one, there's a cartoon on at night, mm-hmm. and there's this little bratty kid singing about Batman. Right. Which, which the movie just came out. So, like, you know what Batman is. It just seems, like, you know, kind of crazy that... They all like it takes about two minutes for them to get into a pop culture, a, a, yeah, right into a pop culture reference. Yeah, um, but but because he's singing it, Skinner like yanks him off the stage, which is also <laughs> our first our first uh, Bart getting you know dragged around. Right. By a, an adult. I also noted a lot of head-on shots in the first season. Mm-hmm. 
I think they say this in the commentary or something, but the he- Simpsons never should be head-on because they look grotesque. Because <laughs> they look so weird. Like they always Half the time they look slightly... like, like lizards with their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they should always have slightly kind of like a, a, an angle to their mm-hmm. head, but um, a lot of headshots. And then another thing that I noticed, and I, I figured, I, I actually thought this is a point, Rachel, where you're not going to enjoy these fades. Because there isn't, like, fades to black. But scenes just kind of end. <laughs> like, they, really they do. Like, like, they're just sitting there at the pageant, and then there's, like, a, a slight fade, and now they're just suddenly at home. Yep. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no beat. There's no, like, and now here's the next part. Like, right. it just goes to the next thing. Immediate Which transition. Which I guess is, you could just get away with it back then it just is it's kind of jarring because no television does that now because like you wouldn't be able to keep anybody's attention we'll demonstrate like let's demonstrate that like right now i like we're going to just be talking like this and so they're at home and then they're going through but that's what it's like it is it really is it feels like it just kind of ends mid-sentence there is a scene that does end mid-sentence coming up there i is. think it might be this scene um so marge <laughs> Marge is writing a letter. And I do I think like that... this letter. <laughs> I I can't I can't believe that this isn't the pilot too because her writing the letter describes every character exactly. It's <laughs> like... so good for that. It's the development, but it also uh... feels like it could be an end to like the season as well. Oh, because like, it like wraps them season. up type of thing. Well, you got, uh, so we find out that Snowball 1 died. Yes. So replaced by Snowball 2. <laughs> and the joke is that Snowball 2 is black because Lisa, of course, had trying to get over the death of the cat, like renamed this cat Snowball. Yep. And Snowball 1 was white. Yep. <laughs> it looks like a snowball. I We do see Snowball 1 in some of the flashbacks mm-hmm. episodes, which which When we'll they were like to, babies. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there, there is Snowball too, and then I think you even find out how Snowball One died in one of the. Well, she Triassic says Horrors. how. Oh, does she? An unfortunate car accident or something. Oh, it yeah, was, yeah. It was, no, yeah, it was like right. legitimate. Yeah. She's run she over, says she's run over by a car. Yeah, I was gonna add that. <laughs> I think in that episode, in the Trials of Horror episode, you find out that it was the mayor's brother. Oh, you find out who ran. did it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we establish that Lisa's smart. She got straight A's. And Bart, well, we love Bart. Like, <laughs> you, you get, you immediately know. Maggie, throughout this whole season, but Maggie is loud as hell. Yes. She is, I can't do the... The sucking noise? Sweet suck suck. But <laughs> the pacifier. <laughs> and she's fallen down constantly. Oh my god, I love her falling down. The thud. <laughs> Every time, thud. <laughs> Which I guess is like her joke. Like that's that's her joke. That's her bit. Is the is the pacifier <laughs> and the thud. <laughs> that's the joke. And and we hear that there's Grandpa Simpson. Grandpa is around and as feisty as ever. <laughs> and and Marge, stop writing that letter from Homer. We like we immediately know that he's just he's a jerk. He's a Although oof. he's not jerk ass Homer. As, no, no, as he's he just a big say. oaf. Yeah, no, he's, oh, I'm just a big kid, and I just love Christmas so <laughs> yeah, he, much. There you go, he describes himself to it. <laughs> so then, uh, the kids write their letters to Santa, and Lisa wants a pony. Yep. 
which is a running theme that Lisa wants a pony. Oh, yeah. Does she still want a pony, do you think, in 2020, whatever year we're No, I bet they're like, oh, she wants, like, some stupid-ass eccentric thing because she's such a feminist woman now. Like, that's kind of how they play her character at this point in time. A little more... She's more one-note now than she was... Than when she was back then. 30 years ago. If it was us, we would 100% write her in that she would still want a pony. Because she could still Because even as herself... She, of course she would still want a pony because she loves ponies. Right. You can, you, are you trying to tell me, Rachel, that you can still, you can be a strong feminist woman and still have other interests and still be a little selfish and, and bratty because you're an eight-year-old kid? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not, they, they can't write three-dimensional characters i don't think they can and i love that she's that kind of a character that like is like going out the world and trying to help it and fix it but she's also an eight-year-old girl yeah she's the best character she's the best person in springfield right but she still wants that pony she still wants that (laughs) pony (laughs) and bart wants a tattoo yep which comes into play later, but oh, I can't. Oh, Bart, I can't do a Marge. I, these are like the the voices are so distinct. I cannot do impressions. It's of hard. Else, so. It's hard to do them. I could probably just do the hmm, <laughs> which we have, which which we've done to our mom for thirty years. <laughs> we'll get we'll get, to the, we'll get to the episode. But one of our favorite things is wear a sweater. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Oh god. Yes, all of our Simpsons episodes are just going to be us laughing at the Simpsons. It's a real theme. Uh, We're very meta here. We like to reference other Simpsons episodes while talking about Simpsons episodes. And don't make fun of me for saying Simpsons. Sim- Simpsons. Simpsons. I always say Simpsons wrong. Simpsons. I have a very particular speech impediment <laughs> where I cannot say the word Simpson. So if it comes out as Simpsons, I'm sorry. <laughs> I cannot pronounce the T in Planet Arium. I'm just to Planet throw Arium. in a, a, when we get to get to that. The we we go to South Park eventually. Oh man, um, yes. Uh, so Patty and Selma call. Oh, it's your sister, Patty. I love I love that she will not talk to Homer. We just Can immediately get Marge. It. Marge, please. It's Marge there. <laughs> and this and this is the scene where it does like Mar- It just fades right in the middle of yes. Patty just being like, I don't know where why you married him. Like it just fades. Yep. It's so weird. <laughs> We get Homer's first fall because he's on the top of the roof and he's mm-hmm. plugging in the the Christmas lights and he falls very gently. Up. Yes, like like a year later he would have fallen and gone whoa whoa right. or something. He just <laughs> gently falls off the roof. They use that sound like a lot. That thud. <laughs> they the, the sound the, the sound mix uh, in this season is so different than every other season and i don't know why that is i i don't know if they thought like it would be too boring if they didn't have the sound mix up or something maybe it is off the off the rails at some (laughs) point they try to light up the the house and it 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 
I don't think this... There's another Christmas episode where I think Bart calls it craptacular. Um, I think they just look disappointed. <laughs> and, <Right. laughs> and in the meantime, uh, we get the introduction of Ned Flanders <laughs> and family. And Ned has made this <laughs> out ridiculous, outrageous... Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's a very elaborate show, and it's great. The 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 family's trying to figure out they're going to go to the mall to go Christmas shopping, an activity that you definitely couldn't do this year. Right. But I don't know if anybody will ever do again. <laughs> um, and But back in 1989, what you did, kids, is you went to uh, the mall... Which was basically the internet, but in human form. And you just well, walked around the stores. First, you had the Sears catalog that you'd go through the toy section and circle all the things that you oh, wanted yeah, that year. Oh, we did actually do that, yeah. And then we'd go to the mall. <laughs> yes. So that we could also buy uh, presents for our parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, That's yeah. Right. Always had the ads and then circle what you want. Put your put your initial next to it. Ah, uh, yeah, I think that is how. Um, it is how she did it. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. And they don't. And they say we aren't. We don't. We can. We can't be nostalgic. But there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so they're they're planning to go to the mall, and Marge pulls. <laughs> um, she tells Homer to turn around. I don't know why, because I guess she 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 knows Homer can't help himself because sure. he's too impulsive. So she pull. She tells him turn turn around, and then <laughs> uh, she pulls the jar of of Christmas money out of her hair. <laughs> it's um, a perfect place to put it. <laughs> So one of the interesting little tidbits is that Marge was originally supposed to be revealed to have that head of hair because it was going to be revealed that she had rabbit ears and she was using the hair to cover up the rabbit ears. This was a like a because because of life in hell, because life in hell oh, is rabbits. sure. They abandoned that really quick. I'm glad they but... <laughs> abandoned that because that would have been awful. I kind of wonder if they were going to ever do a joke where or, or like a runner where Marge takes stuff out of her hair all the time. Well, she does, though. Does she do it multiple times? I know she does it. I she, know she, she does, does it at it least another one other time. And I in different in her. different seasons. I like I have like vaguely remember her always like taking something out of her hair every once in a while, or even like Maggie's like hiding in her hair and stuff. <laughs> like that's like the things I remember. Is Maggie where, Maggie's also wearing the starfish? Yes, outfit, yes. Right, which I that's one of my I love, I love it. The Maggie Starfish. I've made um, one before. <laughs> For, like our a cousin's Maggie baby. And starfish? No, I made the starfish uh like a blanket. Like for, for, for a baby. <laughs> yes, it was the best. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good. It, it it just it's so cute to see Maggie in oh. like the little starfish outfit. Very cute. So they go to the mall and like the joke is that like it's like oh just they have to park in like the the very last aisle like aisle zz mm-hmm. they're in the itchy lot i, I was and... about to say it they've done this before <laughs> we're in the itchy lot remember we're in the itchy lot all right but, but oh, we, got, we gotta gonna... stop doing this our, Simps- our simpsons episodes are just one big circle jerk of every other simpsons episode <laughs> Oh, I'm okay so with it. I'm okay with it. Okay, as long I'm as okay you're with okay with it, then I guess we'll just continue. 
I mean, folks at home, if you're not okay with it, please let us know. But we're just going to say we're going to do what we want anyway. <laughs> no, but but definitely let us know what what your first experience with The Simpsons is. I think that's probably a good Oh, I would love to, that. To... Yes. What yeah. was your first episode? Do you remember your first episode type of thing? I don't because right. I was a baby. I don't. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. I can't say I remember my first episode, but I can say that there are VHS tapes at mom and dad's house of me taping episodes because oh, I yeah. thought it was for kids. And <laughs> I, it's like season four or five you can find on VHS at mom's house. Oh, that's funny. So one of those episodes would have been my first, probably the Stampy episode or oh, something. Oh man, you know, the, like something oh, Stampy. There. We'll get there. Stay tuned. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta, we gotta take our time. We have, we have to pace ourselves. So the kids split up. No, Bart, Bart visits the tattoo parlor, and you get Doctor Marvin Monroe, and the comic book guy had a baby, and it's the tattoo parlor. Um, <laughs> the the guy at the tattoo parlor, this guy, and the name of the tattoo parlor is the Happy Sailor. I don't know if that's a joke. Oh my God, it is. <laughs> yeah i didn't even just, think about that it's marvin monroe mixed with a hundred percent a hundred percent maybe they're all related uh, i did like i do like the joke where he's like are you 21 and bart's like i certainly am and he goes get in the chair <laughs> right <laughs> like he doesn't care at all uh we do get like a little uh like our first little like cutaway of like bart thinking that marge is gonna love the tattoo like he convinces himself in his head that marge is gonna think it's a great like oh if i do this one she's gonna love it (laughs) yeah because it says mother on it meanwhile at the nuclear plant we find mr burns and it's our introduction to mr burns who is the overlord and and the the he's he's the He's he's a Citizen Kane take <laughs> a take on Citizen Kane, which I guess is a take on William Randolph Hearst. But he's just supposed to be a, a billionaire tyrant, right? And uh, he announces over the intercom that there are not going to be Christmas bonuses for um, any of the unskilled workers, which includes Homer. And Homer was depending on the Christmas bonus. To be able to get gifts. Sure. As you do. I don't know what it is about the 80s and Christmas bonuses, because, like, the, the Christmas vacation, that is on the list. Yes. As a, as a main event. <laughs> um, it's the same plot. Right. Where he's, he needs that Christmas bonus. I've n- never gotten a Christmas bonus in my life. I have. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. They've given out Christmas bonuses. So maybe it just depends on the place, because, like... Usually, um, sometimes they're they're you know more. They're more so, like they're actually something or like a gift like card, a thing. Or, like a like thing, a thing yeah. Versus, money. versus well, I, like, I'm I'm thinking like a back huge in the day, like check of money, maybe, like these yeah, guys like, are getting like, like a huge percentage of yeah, what they they make, make it seem like it's like they bake it into their like this is part of my salary, so like dependent on the Christmas bonus, and it's like no, like maybe you'll get something, yeah. But I don't know, so I don't know if that is like a trope. Or if that was like a real thing back mm-hmm. in the day of like the Christmas bonus. You got to get the Christmas bonus. Right. Marge finds, where's that part? Getting that tattoo. And she finds him getting the tattoo and is immediately like uh, dragged out of there. But it says, it's gotten, she, 
he get, he got to the H, so it says moth. <laughs> yep. Which I mean, I how much do you want to bet somebody has that tattoo now? Oh, I bet there's a lot of people with that tattoo. I, if you Google that, I bet that comes up like there's hundreds of people that got the moth tattoo. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. There's, there's people. One. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> People have it uh, cross-stitched on other things as, as well. <laughs> so that's iconic, right? Then that that the the moth tattoo that that's a that's the first iconic shot of The Simpsons. Then <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I would still think Maggie in the in the star. Cousin. Maggie in the starfish is probably the first one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then. So Homer, because he knows he's not getting the Christmas bonus, is like, well, good, we've still got the jar of money. Like, oh, thank God for the jar of money. Yep. And, uh, but in order to get rid of the tattoo, Bart gets it lasered off, which I don't know if you could do in 1989, but they do it on the show. And... Well, like, I, well, I think you could do, you could, I think they did the lasering. The thing is, is like, you couldn't do it the second you got a tattoo. You I have think, to yeah, wait. It was like in phases. Yes, yeah. and you, you have to. Wait, wait you have, you to only have it. to. You have to do like layers. It's literally like lasering off layers of your skin to get rid of the tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I don't have tattoos. Well, I don't have. I'm afraid I don't like needles, and I. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna wanna. What I'll like in twenty years. I'm not gonna put something Pop on culture. my body. Well, Batman. Yeah. Captain America. I I don't know what you're talking about, Rachel. It's not like everything that's in my office right now is something that I... So, I think it went Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> oh, you would have a Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> a with honey a honeypot. Yes. And then, and then it went, you know, Ninja Turtles, X-Men, Simpsons. I don't like you any of that stuff You could have had a goddamn anymore. sleeve of all of this stuff, though. That's how people do it. <laughs> Somebody could, but I'm pretty sure when I turned about eight or nine, I said, okay, that's it. I'm, that's what I'm going to like for the rest of my life. <laughs> and here we are. Yep. So. And then anyway. I just ran down that rabbit hole of nerdy. No, you didn't fucking stop. And that's <laughs> a problem. Stop. I still have it. Folks at home, when we get to her shit, this is all, this is all our shit right now. And we'll do some of my shit. When we get to her shit, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I will be so, you will if you're sick of listening to me talk. Wait till we get to a fucking Doctor Who yes. or like any of your bullshit like Pokemon stuff. I don't know well, what Pokemon's the fuck not is really going me. on. Not you, but yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what's going on. That's gonna be that's gonna be all Rachel with me making. Oh Christ on a tricycle! <laughs> It'll be just me sitting here making Simpsons jokes. While Rachel explains everything to you. <laughs> so, anyway, getting back to The Simpsons. We are establishing that The Simpsons, and this is a theme for the first few years of The Simpsons, it, it changes over time, is that The Simpsons are making ends meet. Right. Uh, they're a family. I can't Roseanne might have been on before this, but, like, they are not a... I mean, they're, it's like married with children. It, it's a family that is not... They're not the Huxtables. They're not. They're not a family that doesn't seem like they're just well to do. Right. Um, they don't have like that person that <clears throat> ha is making a very large salary. Right. They're on a budget for mm -hmm. everything, and I think that that was important to Groening and Brooks 
because it was like it, more relatable. It wasn't. It was relatable. It wasn't sugar coating the fact that like anything you know can't happen in this world. Now cut to seven or eight seasons later, and Homer, uh, Dad, give me two hundred fifty dollars, okay, and just takes it out of his wallet, <laughs> hands it to Bart. But that's still that's still funny, and and if you know the history of the show, that it's a, almost funnier, right? Because you know like where it's progressed from exactly um but a lot of the plot of the first season and a lot of the plot of the the first few seasons is the fact that the simpsons don't have money to do what they need to do it's more timely now probably than it was in the 80s at least timely for the current because of the pandemic and everything Mm -hmm. homer goes home and he's ready to tell marge that the christmas bonus was taken away but before he can marge Oh, oh no, we got the I'll quit it. Oh, I'll I love quit it. I'll quit it. it. It's just such a good, Lisa and Maggie are, are touching the, the bandage where Bart had the surgery and they're just trying to, they're, they're I think they're doing it on purpose. Oh, 100% they're doing it on purpose. And, and I think it's Maggie's just copying Lisa. So Lisa's poking him to hurt him, and then Maggie does the same thing and probably thinks it's funny that he keeps saying ow. <laughs> ow. Quit it. <laughs> ow. Quit it. Ow. Quit it. Ow. Quit it. Ow. Quit it. Hey, what's with this? Ow. Quit it. Used to be a real boss tattoo. But Mom had to spend all the Christmas money having it surgically removed. Hmm? Homer walks in and he's like, uh, he does it too, because of course he does. And, and <laughs> <laughs> so Homer asks what what happened, and they say like, oh Bart, Marge needed to use the money to get rid of the tattoo. Right. And we get that weird Homer. Oh, it's true. Like it's yeah, the first like breakdown. mental breakdown. Yep. <laughs> this emotional breakdown, and and you get the idea that like Homer. Uh, I think as the writers in Macarena describe him, like he's a he's a dog. Like he's very impulsive. He doesn't think about what his emotions are going to mean before he does them. So mm-hmm. it's just, oh no, the jar is empty. And right. <laughs> Christmas is ruined. And and then he has to quickly save face to try to say like, oh yeah, the Christmas bonus. Like well, because I don't think he he doesn't want to disappoint his family. Yeah. So he well, doesn't yeah. want to tell them that he, he doesn't get the bonus this year. And uh, he walks out in shame and sees like the, how much better the Flanders is having than than the the Simpsons do, and and he he's not sure what to do. And and he he's in bed with Marge, and he's you can tell he's he's gonna tell her, but he just can't bring himself to do it. So instead, he's like, "I'll do the Christmas shopping." Yep. This year, which. If you're, like, future seasons, Marge, would have been, like, what's going on? Right, she would have questioned that one wholeheartedly. Like, there's no way. They're still, you know, she's still innocent, so she doesn't question him and just gives gives the list to Homer. So Homer goes to the store to do the shopping and gets, gets, (laughs) uh, he gets pads of paper for Lisa. She would come up with all sorts of things. Was that for Lisa or for Bart? I thought he got the pads of paper for Lisa. What was the Oh, other... no, for Bart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, for Bart. And then he get, he gets pantyhose for Marge. Yes. And he gets a squeaky toy for Maggie. Yeah, I don't think we know what he buys for Lisa. Yeah, we don't know what he gets for Lisa. 
<laughs> so, oh boy. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> but he goes to a dollar store to, to basically do all of the shopping. Right. Which, don't do your Christmas, folks, don't do your sh- your Christmas shopping at a dollar store. But I will defend dollar oh, stores. No. <laughs> There's some good stuff there. Well, of course. There's some good stuff at dollar stores. Yeah. It's not all bad. But probably don't get people gifts at dollar stores. Unless it's like a little like... A little trinket little thing. Yeah, or like some candy or whatever. Yeah, a little pick-me-up for somebody. Don't, if if you have children, don't get your children gifts at the dollar store. But they have like some toys and things too. Yeah, if you're you're getting like a stocking stuffer. That's true. I don't know. I feel like you're kind of half-shaming people that are poor. (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not shaming anyone. I am saying if you're... If you need to, there are other ways to go about it than getting your, your you know, people something from the dollar store. I, I suppose so. I suppose so. Uh, you could make a cool crafty thing. You could, yes, you could make a cool crafty thing. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, Rachel. But, yeah, maybe you can make a, make a, a group of something out of the dollar yeah. store. All right, fine. <laughs> fine. Rachel uh, preventing, trying to prevent me from getting canceled. <laughs> Hashtag Kevin too rich. <laughs> so as he's walking out of the uh, of the store, he runs into Ned and Todd. I think it's Todd. I can't tell the difference between Rod and Todd. Was I don't know tall? if you're supposed to. Was he tall and like? No, he was short. He's the he was the one that's Bart's age. Isn't that isn't that no, Rod? No, because well, because the the younger one is Bart's age, and then the the older one is older than both Bart and Lisa. I, th- it, uh, the wiki says Todd. Okay, so, so I'm Todd, gonna say it's Todd. Okay, so Rod is the tall one, and Todd is the the short one. Okay, so it was Todd. Rod and Todd. I think that's why they say it in that order. Okay. <laughs> Rod I, and Todd. I did, although if you went Todd is tall, that but anyway, the oh that's um, confusing. <laughs> Todd is not tall. Um, Todd is tiny. I thought that I thought that Flanders was a bit of a dick here, because he's like, oh well, we'll just because because all of the gifts fly everywhere, and he's like, oh well, here's one, and here's this one, and this one's mine, and this one's mine, and he's like, they're all yours, and it's like, sure, I I can't tell if if I don't. I mean, what we end up learning about Flanders is he never would do this, but. I feel like Flanders didn't realize. He I was think he was being—he was a little naive to the dickishness of what he was saying and doing. Yeah, because he's—he's the—he's the good guy. He's the—he's the busybody, goody two shoes type of guy. And but it—it it, it was mean. To, it was a little mean. <laughs> but I don't think he realized it was mean because I don't think he knew what the Simpsons were going through. Sure. But as we'll learn later, he only makes $41 more a week than right. $14 more than Homer. So. Yep. Um, so Homer's depressed, and we go to Moe's Tavern. And it looks nothing like the Moe's Tavern that we're used to. Nope, Moe doesn't even um, look like Moe. Moe does not look like Moe. He's still ugly as hell, but he doesn't look like Moe. His coloring's <laughs> off. He's still, what's a bad Homer? Yeah, like, he, he still has Sounds like him a little bit, yeah. Uh, the coloring's off, and 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 it, I, I couldn't tell what they were going for with Mo early on because, and, and I think I write it down a couple of times in my notes. It's almost like Mo is supposed to be like the wise bartender, because mm-hmm. like 
as opposed to like in later seasons where he gives he goes like you've been sucking on a beer all night like like i can't stand to see you do like this and like he gives him a candy cane <laughs> and i feel like the if it was season two or on mo would have been like homie you know you owe me for that candy cane right, right. like like he would make him a pay little bit more of a grifter <laughs> yeah he seems to care a little bit more now barney comes in and he's dressed in a Santa costume, which I thought it was funny because Homer's like, what's with the getup? And it's like, it's a Santa suit. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> but he has, Barney has signed, and he, we get our first belch. It's not the belch, but it is a belch from Barney. Yep. So not, not quite there yet. Uh, we will document when we find the first belch. I don't know if we find it in this season, actually, but. I don't think uh, so. So we get the Barney belch or a Barney Belch, and he says that he's signed up to be a part-time Santa at the mall. And Homer, he, he tells Homer to sign up. Homer goes because he decides, like, well, this is the way that I can get to get money for the family. This is what I'll do. Right. So he goes through a montage of training to be Santa. Ho, ho, ho. Um, ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, what is it now, Simpson? Uh, when do we get paid? Not a dime till Christmas Eve. Now, from the top. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> That's my favorite part, is that he, they're, they're learning how to go, ho, ho, ho. And Homer asks when they're going to get paid, and he goes, not until, not a dime until Christmas Eve. Right. And it's like this, like, angry German, which I think is supposed to be a joke, too. Like, this angry German is teaching them how to, how to be Santa. <laughs> and, and they all go, ho, oh, ho, ho, ho. Like, just so sad and depressed little Santas in the room. <laughs> Homer, Homer goes, gets home late because he's learning how to be Santa, or he's being Santa after work at the plant. So he's getting home late every night, and the one night he comes home, and Patty and Selma are there. They almost make it seem like Patty and Selma don't live in Springfield in this episode, right? Because like they, like you know, they're in they town came right to now. Stay. They came to stay for Christmas. Or sure. Whatever. So he, I love the that Homer does a shudder when Marge says that her sisters are here. <laughs> it's such a good shudder. <laughs> and and the weird the weirder part is like Homer and, or uh, Bart and Lisa run to Homer's like going like Daddy, Daddy. It's like so weird that they call him Daddy. Because I don't think they ever call well, him Daddy. I think after it's that, that um, they're they're desperate. That desperate cry for Daddy <laughs> as they're running towards him, like, "Please save us from Aunt uh, Aunt Selma and Aunt Patty." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, Aunt Patty and Aunt Selma are are they're uh, they're stereotypical. <laughs> I don't even aunts. know how to describe. Them. <laughs> they are the stereotypical squeeze your cheeks, rub my feet, ants, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll get to the episode where where they ask Bart to rub their feet. Because that's also a wonderful shudder. But then they basically demean Homer because they're like, it doesn't seem like Christmas around here. There's not even a tree. And Homer's like, oh yeah, well I'm going to go get one. He keeps going past all of these cheaper and cheaper trees. Uh, so you get some, these are like sign gags, I think. These are very I would call gags. these as sign gags, yes. Yeah, like ir- irregular trees, half price or something like right. that is like, um, but he ends up like just going on somebody's property and, and, and cutting like a, a tree down. Like a forest preserve. And just starts cutting a tree down in the middle of the night. Barking uh, I love dogs when, when and he, everything. He brings it back and they're like, well, why is there a birdhouse on it? <laughs> like, it's an ornament. <laughs> it's an ornament. <laughs> 
this cuts to Homer working as and and I will say this like as much as Bart was definitely the sensation in season one, and we'll probably talk about that as we go through the episodes. Uh, this is a very Homer centric story. Absolutely, this is all about Homer. I, I think Homer's probably the main character now, and like over the course of the run of the show, he becomes the main character. Okay, probably, but. Uh, at the beginning it was all about Bart so it is kind of different that like this is very Homer although Bart comes into play now because it's Christmas Eve at the mall Homer's working as Santa and Bart is at the mall with Milhouse and Lewis who is one of his forgotten friends right (laughs) but we do get to meet Milhouse so Richard and Lewis were, were his two forgotten friends and then Milhouse is the only one that stuck Milhouse being one of my favorite characters of all time. Um, Don't bring I, it up I, yet. <laughs> well, the only thing I'll say about Milhouse is, you know, I, I have a picture sitting next to it. I, luckily, sitting next to him at, at Universal Studios. Um, there's a there's a great spot at Universal where you can sit next to Milhouse outside of Quickie Mart. Yep. And then they dare Bart. Milhouse dares Bart to yank on Homer's beard. So Bart gets a line, and, and Homer's trying to play it off like he doesn't know him, and then he yanks the beard off. I thought, like, in a future episode, Homer probably would have lost it, but he's, like... And did, like, like, the choking thing that he... Yeah. 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 <laughs> or something, but he's like, come with me, little boy. Right, like... he's trying to hold his composure at this point. Yeah. And he doesn't even get mad at Bart. He just uh, explains to him that he, like, has to do it because he didn't get his Christmas bonus. Right. And Bart is like understanding like understanding it's crazy it's kind of weird how like wholesome this little moment is for the two of them yeah it's it is very weird how wholesome the moment is but bart is like man if you're willing to do that for us like you must really love us like it's it's very strange how how like but it, it, I guess it's a, it's a it's a very early episode and it's a Christmas episode, so they're all in a good mood. He comes back out to do Santa, and I think this might be our first dough, at least of the series. Oh, I think Because he it goes, is. ho, ho, don't! And he right. hits his head on the thing. Well, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? I'm Charlie Old St. Nick. Oh, yeah? We'll just see about that. So oh! Homer! I want a word with you in Santa's workshop, little boy. Cover for me, Alfie. Well, let's not get mushy, son. I still have a job to do. Hey, little one, Santa's back. Ho, ho, yo! Damn it! And I guess we'll do a little background of where Doe comes from. Doe is never in the script. It's It was in the script as annoyed grunt. Oh. And Dan Castellaneta came up with Doe, which now is in the dictionary. It was a a phrase that he he shortened it and made it more like a exclamation. But I he says it's from like a old Laurel and Hardy, which comedy from like you know the twenties and thirties. Sure. Um, there was a villain on that would that would he would go to say damn it, but because it was the twenties thirties he couldn't say damn it so he'd go oh and like uh, stop himself. So that's where Doe comes from. Gotcha. That's but interesting. That's a, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a real thing. Doe is obviously a, a very real part of the English language now. So they go to get his paycheck finally. Now I don't know what Homer's going to do with this on Christmas Eve at like seven o'clock at night. Like what are are they He's just going to mir- miraculously save Christmas and get everybody the presents that they wanted to? But and like most of the stores are going to be closed. Exactly. 
so I I guess maybe they were he was just gonna say like I've got the money, but we will we'll go shopping on after Christmas. I guess. I <laughs> but it turns out that he only gets a check for thirteen dollars. They they rip him off. They totally screw him uh, with a, just a list of crap. Yep. Um, and thirteen dollars like obviously is not gonna do anything. Not even in nineteen eighty nine. Not even in 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 the Wayback Machine. Right. Barney's thrilled oh, to have yeah. the thirteen dollars. Wow, thirteen big ones! That was a, that was a good impression. <laughs> oh, thank you. And <laughs> let us never speak of it again. <laughs> and he's ready. And he's ready to go to the track, which I can't imagine like going to the track on Christmas Eve. But yeah, like, that's another weird thing. That seems like that seems like it could be a family tradition. You know, we're gonna go gambling with it each other. It is apparently for that father and son that are there. Yeah, like I guess, like that. We we don't open presents until after the third race, um, <laughs> but Homer doesn't want to do it because he's like, no, that's like too like shady. I can't do that. And Bart gives the speech about how well if he's learned anything from TV, and he goes and he lists a bunch of like different Christmas specials. It's like, well, this this could be our miracle Christmas special. Yeah, this could be our miracle. Come on, Dad. This can be the miracle that saves the Simpsons Christmas. If TV has taught me anything, it's that miracles always happen to poor kids at Christmas. It happened to Tiny Tim. It happened to Charlie Brown. It happened to the Smurfs, and it's gonna happen to us. Well, okay, let's go. Who's Tiny Tim? So Homer decides to go. And Barney tells him, like, he's got a specific dog to bet on mm-hmm. named Whirlwind. And in but he sees that Homer hears that, like, one of the dogs has been replaced with a dog named Santa's Little Helper. Right. And Santa's Little Helper is a 99 to one shot. <laughs> But Homer's like, no, it's a sign. We have to. And Which, Bart, I mean, and... yeah, it's it's one of those, if it was a Christmas <laughs> no, special, no. you should be betting on Santa's little helper. But Bart is like, it's a coincidence. Like, right. he's trying to he tell Homer, like, knows. no, 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 no. Like, it's not. It's, it's not. And, um, but oh, Bart, like, seeing his dad, like, desperate is like, okay, dad, like, go ahead and do it. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of a sweet little, like, it's... What, what do we have to lose? Right. In the meantime, the family's try, trying to wondering where where they're at, and they're watching the Happy Little Elves. Grandpa's <laughs> over. They're watching the Happy Little Elves. This is where you get a Lisa moment, Rach. Yes. Because this is when she tells Patty or Selma, I can't remember who, that she, she does a very intellectual soliloquy about how Homer is is like still her father figure. And, exactly. And she looks up to him. But um, she loves the Happy Little Elves. Both sides of Lisa, right there. Right, right. Exactly. So, Santa's little helper is not good at racing. He comes in last. And Homer goes, and is, like, all all upset about it. I did like the joke where they're like, let's go, Dad. And Homer's like, let's wait until our dog finishes. And there's, like, a five-second beat of nothing. And then he's like, all right, let's just go. Oh, <laughs> like, well, he's like still how bad Santa's little helper is. And then here come, the, here come the tears, Rachel, because they're out in the parking lot looking for a winning tickets, ticket. which yep. is very pathetic. But Homer can't, he feels like he can't go home. Uh, Barney comes by and he's with, with some woman. I, yep. <laughs> so I, guess he, I guess he just picked some woman up. <laughs> he won a lot of money. He won a lot of money. 
and uh, so he he leaves. But the owner of Santa's Little Helper is pissed that like he sucks at racing. He just ditches this dog. It's so sad. Uh, which I mean, obviously, is a problem. Yep. Um, I don't think greyhound racing is a thing anymore, but it, it shouldn't be if it is. It, it was. It may be always in some areas, but it, I, it, I'm sure it is somewhere. But it's so. I don't know. Well. I don't know how they treat them. Maybe they're treated well. I can't imagine that they're treated well. I, I doubt in 1989 that they were treated well. Right. And he jumps right into Homer's arms. Read it. Scram. Get lost. You came in last for the last time. Look, Dad, it's Santa's little helper. And don't come back. Oh, no, you don't. No, no. Get away from me. Uh-uh. Oh, can we keep him, Dad, please? But he's a loser. He's pathetic. He's a Simpson. Yeah. And he's got the puppy face. Oh, that long face. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and and, and uh, Bart's like, can we keep him? Because he, he says uh, he's, he's a loser. He's pathetic. He's a Simpson. Mm-hmm. Tears. Tears. Yes, it's such a it's very sweet. line. And, and when and when you know when you know where the Simpsons go, and the fact that they've been around for thirty two years or whatever it is at this point, it's like now the family's complete because now that you got Santa's little helper. Right. Do you need a second? I'm gonna need a second. <clears throat> but. Um, yeah, so they come home. Homer's ready to like tell the family that like he messed up, uh, but before he can or he admit he admits to it, and then um, as he's admitting to it, Bart kind of interrupts him. And he's like, "We got a dog." Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and and I do think it's funny that for the end of time, because the Simpsons will never end, is that now they have this dog with this horrible name. <laughs> they can't do anything about it. I thought, I think it's great. <laughs> You know, it's like it's, it's such it's, a wordy name. Yeah, Santa's little helper. But at the same time, it just it fits so perfect, and it just sounds like a name now. Santa's little helper. That's all it is. Yeah, you would never have thought Santa's little helper should be the name of of the dog, but here no. it is. So so now they have Santa's little helper, and Bart's like, well, if he runs away, we'll be able to catch him. <laughs> so like, and then the it, it does like a freeze frame like picture of the family, and they're all there, and they're all happy. Um, but they're all happy, and like even Marge says this is the best Christmas ever because she's like happy that the family feels more complete. Yeah, yeah. Um, then it ends with them seeing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, and Bart, of course, changing. And Bart and, Bart and, Lisa, and Lisa are both <laughs> are both doing the interjections. So, like another one of those things that kids. It's do. just yeah. cute. Um, doing the superfluous lyrics, and I think we get it. Do we get it off screen? Why you little? I think we get a why you little. I think we do at the end. Um, so our first why you little. Um, <laughs> where I can't remember if you can hear Homer strangling Bart at that point, but probably not yet. That horrible act of child abuse became one of our most loved running <laughs> gags. <laughs> and that is the end of Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, the first episode of The Simpsons to appear on network television. Um, did a Nielsen rate? It, it was watched by approximately 13.5 million people at the time, which is a, a huge number, of course, 
ratings are so weird to look at now, but any, I mean, what did you think of, of that one, Rachel? I love that episode. Because I, I think it's 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 very, um, one, it's a Christmas episode, so it just kind of make like, warms you up a little bit watching it. And then two, you kind of get that, that Homer, he's an oaf, but he loves his family, and you just, you root for him. And it, I like that. I like that about the episode, that you're just constantly rooting for uh, Homer throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I I agree. It's it's a very nice episode. It's not as jarring. It it, it still has a pace, right? Um, compared to what we're about to talk about, <laughs> it it still it still has jokes. I think it it's it it, it is kind of your introduction to the family. I, exactly, I think, and I think that's pretty good. And uh, yeah, so I I think that I think that puts a cap on on Simpsons roasting on an open fire. Hi, gang, this is Bart Simpson. Now that I am a huge star... Uh, now that we're all huge stars, the Simpsons are getting their own series. That's right. America's funniest new family is getting their own show. And television will never be the same. Eat my short. Are you The Simpsons are Sunday, January 14th on Fox. But that means that there was a, a, a commercial where... Bart says we'll be back in a month because on January 14th, 1990, we got the for the second episode of The Simpsons, season one, with Bart the Genius. So, Rachel, are you ready to, to keep going to get into Bart the Genius? We can do that. So, I think the next few... Welcome back. I think the next few episodes, we're not going to have nearly as much to dive into. Sadly... Um, as, it's kind of as, disappointing. As, as we talk about, if the name of the game here is Shelf Life, and the Simpsons Christmas episode might have it, but these next few episodes do not. Yeah, they kind of just These fell. are <laughs> not good. January 14th, 1990, Bart the Genius, written by John V, directed by David Silverman again. John Vitti is someone that will go on to write different Simpsons episodes. Mm hmm. Um, and then he will write some things in Hollywood that um, is pretty well known. And I think I can... So David Silverman as a director has done pretty much The Simpsons, and, and he's been their most prolific director. Um, John Vitti did writings in the 80s. Um, he wrote... The Elvin and the Chipmunks movies. Mm. He wrote Ice Age. Mm. He wrote some episodes of The Office. He wrote mm. for The Critic. He wrote for King of the Hill. So some good and some bad from him. Sure. Um, some uh, mediocre. For John Vitti. But he's written some good episodes of The Simpsons. This is probably not one of them. It's it, fine. It has its moments. It's fine. It's, it's just not... kind of blah. It's very boring. <laughs> it's it's so slow. So before we before the plot happens though, it's the first opening credits of The Simpsons, and a couple of notes on this. So Graining wanted an, wanted a whole orchestra to be on the show the entire time because he thought it gave more emotion to the show, which it does. And up the entire Golden Age Simpsons uses an orchestra mm -hmm. for their score, which is um, beautiful. <laughs> Which is good, because I, I don't think a lot of television shows did that. I think it was a guy at a piano pressing buttons. And... <laughs> but, <laughs> stay, stay tuned, by the way. But um, the 
the the other thing about it was that you've also got for the first time the Danny Elfman theme of the Simpsons. So they apparently gave Fox or whoever gave Danny Elfman a bunch of snippets of like thoughts for what to do um and it being the Simpsons and it being Danny Elfman. You're not you don't tell Danny Elfman <laughs> this is what the theme's going to be sure. like Danny Elfman uh, for those of you who don't know, Danny Elfman is one of the best film composers ever. Mm. Um, he's done Batman. He does all the Tim Burton stuff. Batman, Beetlejuice. He did the Spider, the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. He's done a bunch of different scores. And they're, it's all very kooky scores. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you think? A lot of syncopation. Apparently, Danny Elfman was like, I'm just going to make my own. And he came up with the theme and Graining liked it because it had a syncopation that really couldn't be duplicated. He thinks that like do, 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 do is very hard to, I don't even know what time the Simpsons score is in. I, it's impossible to figure out what the beat is. And and I think that's the part of the beauty of it. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a little wacky kind of, uh, I think it's a good representation of the family though. Yeah, absolutely. And the world that you're about to get in. Yeah. Um, and and it, it introduces you to the world. You got the, the the clouds parting, the Simpsons. It's not quite right. No, uh, not yet. It's a little <laughs> jarring, actually, because it's not quite the font that you want it to be. Yep. With the, with and the clouds are too real, which apparently was done a little intentionally because you're supposed to be entering the world. Uh, the you're animated entering from world, the from the real world to the animated which world. They, they realize you don't need that. No. And like a cloud is is covering the ONS yep. in Simpsons, so they're the simps. It's like that. That's such a heady, stupid joke. But then you get this long opening sequence. I actually like the opening sequence. It's much longer than it used it. to be. They actually what do you mean? they took out a couple things in um and oh, later on in, in uh, future the future episodes. seasons uh, or even episode. Well, no, they let they left it in for most of it. There's always the Bart writing on the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. Lisa's always like in band practice, right? Yeah. But we don't usually get her on the bicycle with other books and things. That's right. And the you books. Yeah. and you don't usually get the uh, the people at the bus stop running away. Those are the yeah, two right. things I noticed that I was like, those were taken out. Mm-hmm. I remember I like them. The, I like the the way the books. Fall, I love fly the books up. movement, like an uh, accordion. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's it's uh. one of those things that you notice. But this is the first where, and, and Graining thought that it would be better for the animators because it would be less animation that they'd have to do each episode if they had a long opening credit sequence. Mm-hmm. But it was also a chance for them to make more jokes. So this is the this is what The Simpsons is known for. You get a chalkboard gag and you get a couch gag yes. at the beginning of every, every, every episode, and they're different every time. And again, this is one of those things where, like, before our time, that realization that there'd be a different gag mm-hmm. was probably pretty fun. Yeah, like it's just crazy like a, kind of like, like. oh, this is this is neat. They're they're changing it. And there aren't many shows that do that now. Like I, Futurama does a different gag. They do something on every, the board every time, or something yeah. like moves by. Uh, but that and that's because it's graining. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any other show that does like a different gag. At the beginning of every episode, I think. Uh, well, not it's really not a sure. gag, but Game of Thrones builds their world game of thrones goes to the different world yeah to where you're going to go that episode yeah yeah that's true so So there's that one that's a comparison so simpsons and game well i mean what else do you want it's for us it's the simpsons (laughs) and game of thrones (laughs) 
Yeah, I have to, I'd have to find out if there's any other ones that actually change up the, the opening sequence. That'd be interesting to find out. So the chalkboard gag, the first ever chalkboard gag is I will not waste chalk. <laughs> and the couch gag is they all squeeze Bart yep. out of the couch he and he pops, pops out and falls. <laughs> but the fun thing is with that too is he, he, he pops out and then it goes to their TV screen, which it always does to show the credits. And then, then he falls, falls and I, mm-hmm. I, it, that got me. I actually laughed when that happened because <laughs> I forgot about it. The show starts with them, uh, as you said, Rachel, playing Scrabble. So they're playing Scrabble because, and they need a reason, of course, for them. To, like, they couldn't just have them playing Scrabble. They need a reason for them playing Scrabble. They're playing Scrabble because Bart has an IQ test the next day, <laughs> um, which is, I don't think, I don't think I've ever been given an IQ test Not by the school. Folks at home, write into the mailbag. Let us know if you ever had an IQ test at school. I'd but be interested about that one. I, 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 the one that comes in season three where they do the, the test to see like what job they should have. The IQ test I haven't seen, but I, I, I don't think I took had to take a, a test to see like what job I should have either. I did that. You did that. Yes. Do you remember what they told you you should be? Don't tell. Don't tell the folks at home what you are. But do you remember what they said you should? <laughs> It said I should do something um, within, like, the science or uh, of field. Science mm. or mathematics field. I don't, I don't, I don't remember ever taking it. I don't remember if, if Well, it was, ever... the, the stupid part to me was, it was, or wait, what was the, what was the actual thing? I feel like it said, I don't remember exactly what it was now. I really wish I could, though. <laughs> No, but yeah, it, it was like a it was like a science or math thing. I think is what they were trying to tell me to do. It was all the way back in like junior high. That's yeah, when they had I, us take it. I just don't, I don't remember ever taking one. I just remember looking at it with friends and be like, "Oh, what does yours say?" And it was kind of like just dorky and stupid. I have <laughs> taken the Wonderlick test with the guys, which is the, the what's that one? That's the one that they make people that are joining the NFL take. Oh, yes. I remember talking about this. Oh, this should be an episode. Maybe there'll be a more appropriate show to talk about taking the Wonderlick test. Oh, Um, yeah. You're going to have to, we'll have to add this to the list. Add that to the list. (laughs) So they're playing, they're playing Scrabble. And this is the first time that you get the indication that Maggie is the smartest Simpson. Maggie is smarter than Lisa. She's smarter than than everyone. She's she's made E equals MC square out of it's, a block. It's subtle though. It's right. subtle, and you would well, you might have missed it if you weren't really paying attention to what she was stacking. Yes, and the characters, in my opinion, are different. Like Lisa is very. They're both intelligent, but their goals are different. Lisa wants to save the world. She wants to be an activist. She wants to do right. Mm-hmm. Maggie is like the world had its chance. You can tell she's going to do whatever. She's going to be kind of selfish with her intelligence. A little bit, yeah. She a little knows... more like Homer. She yes. takes off. She takes after Homer a little bit more. She's smart, but she's still going to do what she wants to do. Yeah. For herself. Right. I mean, we're making, we're making assumptions about a one-year-old baby, but... You'll see it later on. It's not much yeah, of a assumption. Yeah, you see it later on. She, she also does... But, but she also does... But she gives a shit about she does. Everybody. She does try to save the world later on, too. She does. Though. You're right. So, a few times, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we got into that. She's got uh, a lot of self-preservation. <laughs> but but we'll, we'll talk about that. So, um, uh, Homer has the word oxidize in front of him, and he's like, oh, who could make a 
any word out of these lousy letters and it's just oxidized which is the joke and and the joke is that they're all bad at they're all bad at it like they're all have like two letter words and i think this is where i learned what an id is because oh, yeah. <laughs> Lisa puts the word id, yep. and like she has to explain it. Bart doesn't want to play anymore, so he puts down Quijibo. Quijibo. K-W-Y-J-I-B-O. 22 points, plus triple word score, plus 50 points using all my letters. Game's over, I'm out of here. Wait a minute, you little cheater. You're not going anywhere until you tell me what a Quijibo is. Quijibo. Uh, a big, dumb, balding North American ape. With no chin. And a short temper. I'll show you a big, dumb, balling ape. Uh-oh, quit you on the loose. And a short temper. <laughs> because apparently, apparently Marge was very wise to what Bart was yeah. saying. <laughs> and this is another one where it just fades to the next scene. Where it doesn't really establish anything. Yes. They mention on the commentary, because I listen to the commentaries... That Quijibo was actually the first computer virus to that somebody got arrested for giving out was mm-hmm. was called the Quijibo virus, or yes. he like called like that's what he called it. So there is your there is your first contribution. <laughs> a lot of, a lot the, of people will take viruses from like pop culture references. Yeah, it's, it's very yeah. funny. <laughs> well, and The Simpsons was like probably one of the first shows that like people on the internet back then were trying to like look at all the stuff that was going on in the background and all that kind of crap sure um so we we go to the school bart is as martin puts it defacing school property no martin 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 is a little ass kisser <laughs> he he's he's not quite he's the he's the victor von doom to lisa's reed richards like there he's just as smart but he's he's not quite as smart he's gonna get there through kissing ass oh yeah he's a kissing he's a kiss ass lisa just lisa well lisa did did win teacher's pet Um, which is odd because i would have given it to martin hands down (laughs) but they're, they're in different they're in different age groups though they are Martin. so for is her Bart's class age. she was yeah, the yeah. class uh kiss ass or whatever <laughs> um but they martin tells on bart and and skinner is a little skinner's a little more menacing here mm-hmm. than he will end up being like bart fears him a little more right. um so bart gets in trouble trouble for putting i am a wiener in graffiti and a picture of Skinner on, on the on a wall, which becomes a running cool. gag too. You'll see it like randomly in um, other episodes, or do you really? Yes, or in like the video game and stuff too. It shows up. Oh, I did not realize that. I did not know that. <laughs> and he spells Wiener wrong, but W I E N E R could be an ethnic variant. We go into the class, and, and uh, uh, Martin tries to tell Bart, like, I'm sorry, I was just trying to defend the school against that, de- you know, defacing school property. And Bart tells him to eat my shorts. So this is the so first time we get to eat, my, eat shorts. my shorts. He, okay, I noticed, speaking of uh, Bart's vernacular here, okay, one a few of the things I noticed was, man, constantly throughout this well, that's, season. That's, that's 1990 for man. you. Man, oh, jeez. I just was like, okay, Don't I'm glad that went a little... Yeah, but it was the way he said it. 
don't have a cow man, right? Is fine. But he would go, don't have a cow man. It was so whiny and nasally. <laughs> so you're trying, so Nancy hasn't tr- quite figured out I, how to do the bard voice? Yet? I think so. <laughs> so Mrs. Krabappel comes into play. Mm-hmm. And of course, the joke being that her name is Crabapple, which is a reference to the Little Rascals because the Little Rascals teacher was Crabapple. But it, it's, I don't even know if it's not, it, it's Crabapple, but it's not spelt Crabapple. Right. Well, it's, it's like a K, you're supposed isn't it? To, yeah, well, it's, yeah, but Crabapple was K R A B. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But Crabapple, it's not quite spelt that way. So it's for spelled for that. I'm going to say it because I can't. I've been calling her Crandall. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the whole joke here is that Krabappel is the is the way that her name is pronounced. Right. Um, she's done by Marsha Wallace, who um, event passed away several years ago. Very recently, there was a tribute episode for her on, and I think it's supposedly very touching. So, oh, okay. okay. Um, I have to check that out. She is Bart's teacher, and as you could imagine. You know, she doesn't think much of Bart, but uh, Martin being Martin, Ugh. like reminds, reminds the little wiener uh, he is Krabappel that he's supposed to, he's supposed to face the window while Which, taking tests. So he doesn't. Cheat. Okay. But here's my question. Why the heck would that help? Bart at all. He's looking now outside, which is very distracting. So, and he could easily just turn left and copy off of Martin. <laughs> like it's right there. Well, because I mean, because uh, Matt Groening being Matt Groening, I'm sure this was something that's probably that something to that teachers do. 60s. I just think yeah. it's stupid, <laughs> and it doesn't do any service to the kid that no. is a troublemaker. Because it... to your point, it's just going to be more distracting, so that kid's never going to catch up. No, learn how to do what t- teachers did when we were kids. You got you take two folders. Yep, <laughs> or a textbook, and you would gosh, you, you would make cover your own your little tests. area. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know what, I'm sure kids in our grades would put, like, cheat sheets in the folders then? No, you'd have to get, well, for my class, you'd have to either get them checked, they have to be empty folders, Mm. or, uh, and when the the student, the teachers walk around anyways, so they would notice if something was in your folder. (laughs) That was always, like, a a first test to see if I could get, like, a folder to balance, because they, they wouldn't balance very well. Well, you get the really flimsy ones, and it's just a pig pain. Yeah, because they were, yeah, they were cheap. They are yeah. cheap-ass f- folders for a seven-year-old or whatever. Right. Like. But Bart is trying to take this IQ test, and you get, like, a dream sequence of him taking this IQ test, which I guess is, is based off of uh, something David Silverman worked on, and, and it's, like, got all these very interesting visuals and, like, this dream yeah, which sequence. Which is kind of, like, nice. It's kind of fun, you know? Yeah, it's different mm-hmm. compared to what it usually would be. Um, but then Bart goes crazy and like kind of falls well, because over. Because Martin's and... the <laughs> yeah, train conductor. Martin's, Martin's the, the train jackass. conductor. <laughs> we should we should mention that Martin is pr- played by um, by Russie Taylor. Russie Taylor just passed away too. This is why the show should have ended because they're losing their voices. <sighs> they're losing their voices, and Russie Taylor uh, was the voice of Minnie Mouse. Along with being oh, the voice of Martin. I forgot um, about that. Yep. So, uh... But then think about how old she was. <laughs> well, right. But, like, but she played Martin every 
every time there was a Martin until she died. I don't know if they use Martin or not anymore, but I like Martin as a character. He's a, he's a good character. To oh, have, he's a good like, character, a little, but he's a little, little wiener. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> Damn wiener kids are listening. Um, so Martin gets done early. He goes outside to rest on to no, read under No, to be a, a wiener. He is doing this on purpose. He's being a little kiss ass again to get outside so he can be mean to Bart. Do you think so? Absolutely. He went right to the tree that is well, right in Bart's, like, view, and then sticks his tongue out. So so Bart, in turn, starts sticking his tongue out, and Mrs. Krabappel is like, oh, are those dirty, nasty dogs back <laughs> Which, like, I don't know what... I assumed this was, like, Bart made something up about something that was going on outside the window sure. to, to do this before. Like, two, two dogs are humping outside or something. Yeah. I mean, it's... It reminds me of the joke about, remember when you said Snagglepuss was outside? <laughs> there are so many better Simpsons jokes coming up um, in the future years. I said Snagglepuss? No, uh, uh Oh no, Ralph, oh, Ralph says. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, I was that. like, what are you talking about? Oh my god. But Bart takes this the opportunity to switch tests with Martin, put his name on Martin's mm-hmm. test put his name, put Martin's name on his test. And this ends up causing the school psychologist to call in. Skinner calls in Homer and Marge to talk about the fact that like Bart vandalized the mm-hmm. school. But the school uh, psychiatrist who, who comes in, Dr. Pryor, who I don't think ever shows up again after season one, unless it's a flashback. I think he's in some flashbacks. I thought um, there's a school counselor at some point, but I don't know if it's the same one. I, I think, yeah, I can't remember. We'll I don't remember, out. though. And he is prior because he pries into you, according oh, to the so commentary. Oh, so being, they're being very... What a... Yeah. Okay. A stupid joke. He reveals that Bart now has a... Well, Homer thinks it's an IQ of 912. <laughs> um, but it turns out that it, he's got the he's got it upside down. It's 216. Which, mind you, is still very high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Homer is super excited because they have a genius son and he wants to know like, how does this happen? And he's like, well, sometimes it's heredity or environment. And sometimes it's a mystery. Skinner immediately knows that he's not a genius. And he's like, I think we should retest him. Mm-hmm. And Pryor's like, well, I think we should send him to a better school. And Skinner wanting to get rid of Bart is like, great, perfect. Exactly what I wanted. Um, so it ends up being that Bart is going to get to go to this, new school where there's a bunch of other geniuses uh so the next i don't know when this like how long it takes them to go to this next to this new school and it's one of those things where it's like this school is still around so it must cost money to go to so like this is like one of those little bit of inconsistency things where it's like is the school paying for Bart to go? Did he get a scholarship to right. go? How come Martin doesn't go there? Yeah, why um, doesn't Martin just go there anyways? Well, right now, and, I mean, and, his IQ is probably incredibly well, low. They, I guess there's like a cut. The script is on that DVD, the original script. And then there's apparently a scene where Martin gets called in because he's he's going to be held back because he's like an idiot. Gotcha. There must, you have to kind of headcanon it to like, maybe they think like, Anytime they get a Springfield Elementary stu- student that wants to go to this school now, it's like a ripoff. Like, like no, 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 no. We, uh, we know yeah, what true. you're going to send. 
or that school blew up, blows up at the end of this episode. Spoiler alert. So maybe that school isn't around anymore. I don't know. Um, I don't know how much of a spoiler that is, but that's okay. So we get a whole, they're all wearing ties. Bart did not want to wear a tie, um, but Homer's dropping them off. Homer's being very sweet. This is cute. This is cute to me. (laughs) Well, it's cute, but it's like a, a nice guy. Yeah, but it also is like Homer should be if nice Homer all was the time. better to his son, yes. like just because he's a genius now. True. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's a yeah. little bit of that. Like Homer You're doesn't only doing realize, it now like, because he's a genius. Well, and that's why Bart continues to precipitate the act too. Is like because him and Homer are getting along, he right. doesn't want to reveal that he's not a genius. Right. Um, and Lisa calls him out on it. He's she's like, "You're not a genius." Yeah, like, like I know you're not a genius. He gives Homer, Homer gives Bart his tie because all the rest of the kids are wearing ties. And it's, it's one of these schools. It's, it's a, I, I looked, it's in the wiki. It says it's a Sudbury method of education, which is the students take complete responsibility and do whatever they want to do every day. I can't I've imagine. heard of that, but I just. Like, they have to be the geekiest kids. They have to be extraordinarily motivated to learn something like yeah. that. Or, or there's, because otherwise I could just see a kid who, yes, they're a genius and they're, they're strongly motivated, but they're not motivated to actually pursue that genius. And then why would this school be helping them? Right. Or, or focused enough to keep at it. Yes. Like as a kid to, to keep doing it. Right. But I'm sure they're out there. I just don't know. Plus, um, I feel like they're not really going to find the stuff that they like if they're at a school where it's like, well, you pick it out. It's like, well, I don't even know what to pick out to figure out if I like it. You know, it's it's one of those double-edged swords type of thing. You think it's kind of helpful for them because they're they're being allowed to pursue and uh, and be creative and everything, but at the same time, they don't know where to start. Yeah, Bart is introduced to the teacher, and the teacher here is Miss Ms. Milan, which is Melon. So it's supposed to be like how Krabappel, yeah. And it's also Marshall Wallace doing the voice, but this is supposed to be like the nice teacher where Krabappel's like, you know, the the meaner teacher. Mm-hmm. And she walks him around and shows him the different areas. There's a, there's out of nowhere, there's a shot at uh, comic books <laughs> where like a comic book. I know. Well, I think this now talking about like the history and everything, you know, it's like, you're not going to get anywhere if you're a comic book writer. And, right. <laughs> and yeah, then, it's a back rating being like, no, no, like, here we are. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm going, well, why can't he read this comic book? If you told, told him that he's open and gets to read whatever he wants and he gets to pursue whatever he wants, why can't he read a comic book? Mm, it so, annoys me. <laughs> well, so so your your headcanon commentary on this is that it's a, it's a little bit of a take on, like, intellectualism being a little... Uh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe people, yeah, narrow mindedness, mm-hmm. maybe saying some, this is art, but this isn't. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yes. And yeah. this is genius, but this isn't, this is where like, you should be pursuing it. This is not. And I right. disagree. <laughs> Rachel Boom. with a strong disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I don't know if that's Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> Bart, they're, they, they're doing like a debate an open debate and they're doing an open debate about what free will means. Yep. <laughs> so, I hate this school. It's just like annoyed me to watch this. I don't know why. It's, they're very pretentious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
we're not i am not anti-intellectual we need more no. intellectualism we need more smart Absolutely. stuff especially nowadays because there's an anti-intellectual movement that's asinine in in the world agreed but there is definitely a way to do it that is not pretentious and you're right like there's a little there's a hint of we're better well the kids bully bart 100 percent, the kids are bullies and think that they're better than everybody because they're geniuses and that's because another problem with this damn school it's because it's forcing them to be like oh but i go to this school and i'm better than you shut up right, right. <laughs> there, there's no humility humility is needed here yes is the thing yes which the which the simpsons do tackle like how many times does lisa get beaten out because somebody doesn't have humility and right. she does exactly but they're talking about paradoxes and this is where you you wrote this one down right i did so, and now we can continue our debate from yesterday when we left off calvin and tanya were arguing that free will is an illusion if you ask me humankind has freedom but a freedom fraught with paradoxes Freud shows how childhood shapes our subconscious mind, but this helps us to think for ourselves. Very good, Ian. Does anyone else have an example of a paradox? Without law and order, man has no freedom. If you want peace, you must prepare for war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems the smartest child in the class is also the quietest. Bart, what other paradoxes affect our lives? Well, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Well, I guess that would be a paradox, too. <laughs> Thank you, Bart. Bart's not wrong. It's a paradox. Yeah. So he is he is smart enough to figure out what a paradox is based on the conversation right. to be able to give a response. This is true. And, like, the kids were all trying to be very existential with their stuff. And then, and then Bart comes in. Well, they're in. real paradoxes. Yeah, of course they're real paradoxes. But I'm just saying, it's just the way that, the, I don't know. I, everything was annoying me in this, this, this episode. But then <laughs> Bart comes in, and I kind of like that he says this. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Right, which would become one of his, like, semi-catchphrases at the True. time, I guess. Yeah. And at M Milan has to be like, well, that's, that's sort of a paradox. Like... Like in this kind of like, if you do it, doesn't then, think about yeah. it. So much of this episode too is because signs of genius are being like you're bored with everyday structure and this and that and the other. But it also could just be that you're not. Well, you're right not being challenged. You're, you're not getting you're not, the yeah. the right like. But I love that every time there's a chance for someone to call Bart out on not being a genius. They just chalk it up to it's just another sign of him being a genius, right? Like, like they they want to believe it so much that they just they don't look at the evidence that it's just not there, right? Another message for our times, probably. But anyway, so then you get the you get the the bullying him and stuff, and and Bart's not having a great time at school. He. He tells Homer that the uh, the palindrome for so-so is os-os, and Homer thinks it's, like, amazing that he can do that. Right. Which I still um, did not understand. So she writes that whatever the heck that kid was, like, saying on the board, but the exact thing that he was saying, it wasn't even, like, what he meant to say, so I still don't know what that kid was, was well, saying. Well, a, a good one is, like... I haven't paused you know, it to check, but I was just like, I still don't know what, what he's well, saying. Well, it should... If it... My problem with the one he says is that it is the same forwards and backwards, but it's not like a real phrase. No. Like, a, a voter rises, or you know, like so, like something that actually like 
I can't remember the exact, I'm not good with palindromes, but like an actual palindrome that is a phrase would be interesting. Like his was just. His just was gobbledygook and I was like confused. <laughs> like maybe I was, maybe I'm just not smart enough. Maybe that's what they're trying to tell me. Maybe not, Rachel. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, you were trying to raise these kids. You don't really think about it. I'm going to try to get that in every episode. I know you are. Um, um, <laughs> this is where you get RDRR too. Hardy har har. And this weird uh. animation on the hardy har har. <laughs> that was a that's a Futurama gag too, <laughs> to be like here's like a math problem on the board and like wait for oh, somebody yeah. to solve it. Well, they do. That they, happens all the time. They do Futurama. it all the time. Yes, and I love that. That's clever though. Yeah, they do it. They try to do it in, in a clever way. This and... one just seemed kind of like a, <laughs> if you don't get it, you don't get it. And it's just like, oh yeah. boy, okay. <laughs> and Homer Homer and Bart are, are, you know, bonding. They're, they're playing catch. And the one night Marge gets tickets to go to the opera mm-hmm. because they were, they're trying to, they're trying to um, nurture Bart's genius. So right. Marge is like, well, we should go to the opera. Which you know, only Lisa could thing. come up with the word nurture. That's right. Yeah, I'm glad I used the word nurture because <laughs> uh, I did not mean to do that. Yep. Um, and they go to they go see Carmen, and this scene goes on way too long. It does. It, it this is where the, the this whole episode drags. Like we we're probably 20 minutes into the episode already, and we've only been talking for 30, which probably tells you that it's not a good episode. <laughs> but like it. It drags on, and it, they basically just do Carmen. Uh, but at some point, Bart and Homer get bored and start to goof off. Um, I even wrote this is a slow episode, and mm-hmm. Lisa Lisa joins in with she them. She does. She laughs she, because she has fun with with the two of them. Which why not? She's um, the little sister. I, She's gonna right. want to do whatever her big brother's doing. And Marge gets annoyed. Where'd you, where'd you get five bucks? I want five bucks. <laughs> and Marge Marge gets upset with them, and Homer's like. Uh, you know, we can't leave till, or Bart says we can't leave until the fat lady sings and Homer does do the, <laughs> is that one fat enough for you, boy? And there's this fat lady singing. Uh, so they leave. Classic opera. And the next day, Bart is mixing chemicals and Ms. Milan tells him like, well, you do know. You do know what happens when you, when you do this, right? And he's like, of course. And she does it and the school blows up right and oh and, and bart gets stained green yep which i don't know what he was doing yeah i'd be curious um, then <laughs> but it's interesting uh so he gets sent back to the psychologist and bart tries to trick him at first to be like i just want to go back to my old school i'll i'll pretend observe them. right i just want to blend in like like a jane goodall type thing i'm just gonna yeah. blend in as like a normal kid um, so he, he leaves the room and, and Bart can't even come up with a proposal because he like tells him like, oh, write your, write your proposal as an experiment and he can't do it because he's an idiot. My Confession by Bart Simpson. I am a regular dumb kid, period. I cheated on my intelligence test, period. Ah, finished already. <laughs> Principal Skinner will be very interested to see... Yeah. You know, you misspelled confession. So he writes a confession that, that he, he's not really a genius and he cheated on the test. And I love that Pryor walks back in and he reads, starts reading it and he goes, you misspelled confession. <laughs> like, it's, like, eventually, he's eventually putting, he's, he, they he's were connecting the dots. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, this is, 
this was all bad. Yeah. So um, it's the end of the show and, and needs to tell Homer and Homer's little turpentine will get that green off and he, he's giving Bart a bath in the backyard, which yep. is weird, which well, I, I guess think it's have so you don't to stain the stained. tub. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Bart confesses to Homer and you, you get Homer chasing him to the house and banging on his door, <laughs> presumably to choke him again. Right. Uh, to end the episode. And that's it. That that's all that the Bart the Genius is. Mm-hmm. I it felt I like a short, it, but it was it, it was too long. Yes, it felt like a short that went on too long. That's a good way to put it, Rich. I said it was it was fine. Um, it shows that Bart will get a, try to get away with anything at school. It showed some of Homer's character, but it was it showed it was how nothing. the girls are geniuses. Right, but it was nothing great. No. D- anything else on Bart the Genius? I I'm Quijibo. That's the only thing that I had. Quit so. <laughs> Out of work, sober, you sat around the house all day, but now it's Duff time. Duff, the beer that makes the days fly by. Beer. Now there's a temporary solution. These all feel... So here's my thing. Here's my whole take on um, this season. So... Yes, I said there seems to be, like, some really good ones in it, but a, a, quite a few of them just kind of feel like short snippets of The Simpsons. The, Sim- sure. the Simpsons. Uh, mm-hmm. Not, like, a full episode, which is weird, because they're still drawn out to be a full episode, but they do feel like just quick snippets of what's happening, you know? Well, speaking of uh, shorts that get drawn out to a full-length episode, on January 21st, 1990, we get the third episode of The Simpsons, Homer's Odyssey, which was written by Jay Kogan and Wallace Walidarski, who will show up again very much so on The Simpsons, and it was directed by Wes Archer. I listened to the commentary on this, and this was Wallace and... Jay, I should call them Kogan and Walidarski. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a writing team. This was like their first ever thing for television because they they wrote jokes for Carson and did stuff like that. I think I might be getting them confused with two of the other writers, but so they were uh, maybe that was Al Jean and Mike Reese. I can't remember, but anyway, they wrote this episode. Th- they said this was the first script that was ever finished uh, for The Simpsons. And it was done where before, like, while the shorts were being done still. They didn't know Mr. Burns was going to be named Mr. Burns. Mm. They claimed that they didn't even know Marge was Marge. Okay. They, uh, so, like, they had Mr. Burns as Mr. Meany in oh, the okay. script. Um, the script might be on that DVD, I don't know. But I think this all reflects that because... <sighs> This episode is rough. I, I, I'm sure it's still head and shoulders above the shit that you get post-2002, <laughs> but it's it's kind of rough yeah. to watch. It is definitely, and it's called Homer's Odyssey. It's an episode about Homer. The first third of it is a is the Bart show. It's all about Bart. But there are a lot of firsts in, in this episode, mm-hmm. so we can point them out as we go. So uh, the episode starts, oh, I should I should mention the gags. Because we should do that since they do them differently. So the chalk gag for this one is, I will not skateboard in the halls. Right. Nothing funny there. No, and then just they... kind of like pointing out that he skateboards, which we see in the opening sequence anyways. 
And the couch gag is the family uh, goes on the couch and the couch collapses. Yep. So it, like, falls apart. (laughs) So this episode starts with Bart's class is going on a field trip. Yes. He is i i think that there's like a couple of good lines here where mrs kerbopple is like we don't want to like we don't want to happen whatever happened on the the trip to the state oh yes prison. and bart has to go but mrs kerbopple i swear i didn't unlock that door like <laughs> she, like like implying that he caused like a prison riot right <laughs> he's the ultimate ba- i think at this point already bart fever had swept the nation sure everyone knew everyone loved bart which like Based on what we've already seen, like, it's so weird to think about, but... But he was the practical joker. He was the class clown. Yeah, he's he's the real Dennis the Menace. Right. Yeah, it was just something that we apparently came along at the right time. We get Bart needing to find a seat, and the only place to sit down is next to Wendell. Wendell not used very much. No, but only used in these specific, like, instances. Yeah, so he's like... He's pale, and I think he's pale because he's like a very sickly kid. He's gotta be. Um, but we Makes find me out he, he gets sick on every bus ride. He gets car sick. Right. I guess. Which, like, I think there were kids that would get. Because, like, the buses, I remember as a kid, always had terrible fumes yeah, because it was awful the 90s. Smell. And Mixed with that gross, like, pla- like plastically leather smell. Yeah, that whole horrible leather. They would clean it with bleach, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I'm not so. And then some kids get motion sickness anyway. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if like this was a recurring thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember kids getting sick on the bus, but I, I remember, I remember people like feeling sick on the bus. We we um, had kids getting sick, and we had a kid who like peed his pants and it like rolled down the damn aisle it was disgusting oh god yep that's horrible yeah i did Um, not have good experiences i hated the bus and i never wanted to get on one ever again i did like krabappel tells the story about not sticking your hand out not sticking your arm out of the window because you'll get it chopped off and bart goes like and i was that boy (laughs) like even even like kind of dejected that he has to sit next to wendell he's he still has to be the star of the show right so then we get, I'm, try, I'm I'm going through my notes trying to make sure we don't miss a lot because I feel like there's not a lot of stuff there isn't. to talk about. And I'm like, well, am I missing anything? I think that's a pro- probably about it. Like, so they, they get there on the... Oh, well, no, no, no. 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 Oh, well, wait, can... no. oh, no. So Mrs. Krabappel yells at Bart and says that if he does, if she hears another word out of him or whatever, if he does anything, she's going to make him sing in front of the entire class. Right, because he think Bart thinks that Mrs. Krabappel is, or that Wendell's gonna puke, and he's trying to warn her, and she's like, "It's Bart," so she just doesn't pay any attention right. to it. Yeah, which the punishment of having to sing in front of the entire class is For exactly him? something that Bart would want right. to do. <laughs> he would do it anyways. But then we get the introduction of Sherry and Terry, yep. who are the the troublemaker twins that yes. act like they're. They're goody two shoes, but they're the like twins. The Tibble twins. That's that what I just said. Yes, they're not as bad. Okay, <laughs> folks at home, add this to the list because Arthur is de- Arthur's getting added to this list. I can't wait to do our Arthur episode. Oh, it'll be great. The Tibble twins might be my most loathed characters. <laughs> 
in all in the pantheon of culture. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm not gonna put them up there with the Tibble twins. But they are they are trouble they're they're troublemakers that like they're okay. They're the Here's they're a, the troublemakers that are the I'll tell, I'm well, the perfect I'll tell we're wonderful and perfect but we do shit in the background and we and we're horrible little girls. Well, here here's here's an anecdote. I think we can do a parallel with this anecdotal story of when you and mom took one of the dogs to training. Oh, yes. And one of the dogs, the the little the, the head dog, the, head the dog, dog that the was supposed to be the role dog. Model. Yeah. Xantu. That was the name of the dog. He was very sweet, very soft, loved him. However, (laughs) while we were learning to do something and then she was having us actually have the dogs like sit or stay or whatever, she would turn her back and Xantu would walk up to one of the other dogs and either boop him with his nose or bat at him and make it like bark or something. And then he would run back and sit down like, I was being good. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's Sherry and Terry. Yep. Yeah, he was an instigator. Instigator, total instigator, little troublemaker. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. It was very cute, though. I kind of loved it. <laughs> uh, but yes, on the way, Sherry and Terry are like, "We're gonna make you sing, Bart Simpson," <laughs> and so they decide to kiss him on the cheek. So Bart shouts are a question though are they supposed to look like the shining girls i don't know if they're supposed they don't look i don't think they look like the. i mean they're kind of creepy looking to me well they're creepy because they're twins and they're purple because because twins are creepy yeah and they have purple hair because <laughs> every their hair their everything... skin is like purpley well and, and everything is like off model oh Be- like all the colors are so bizarre in this season true. anyway it's true. so like if they were made in season two they probably wouldn't have had purple hair yeah but but they do because now they have um, to so like yeah now they're just stuck with it with the purple hair but yeah they're very odd looking yeah so maybe maybe they're supposed to just be like i mean 11 seasons in we get kind of Adam, twins Adam which one's the evil one yeah they look Adam's family-ish to me. Where they, they do. They kind of just look yeah. creepy, like they'd live in a haunted house. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, we end up learning that their dad is Homer's boss, which never comes back ever again. <laughs> so, but yeah, Bart, Bart does end forced, up singing. Bart is forced to sing "John Henry Was a Steel Driving Man," which he changes the lyrics to "Bart Simpson Was a Steel Driving Man." Right. Which I don't know if anybody knows what this song is anymore. Couldn't tell you. It's, I guess, something that we can uh, mention. Um, I will say, for those of you that want even more in-depth episodes of The Simpsons than us, I will recommend, I'll, I'll give a shout out to a podcast, the Talking Simpsons podcast. Mm-hmm. Rachel, if you haven't checked out them, they have like two hour long episodes per episode. They're very much like us, mm-hmm. where the, the longer the better. They, they'll go like joke by joke and they'll talk about like where that joke came from. Sure. Which I don't know how they did that with season one because we can't do it with season one either. <laughs> but I'm sure that they went into John Henry was a steel driving man. Because like John Henry is a... It's a folk hero about, like, a, he's a black guy from, I don't know if he, I don't think he was supposed to be, like, a slave, but, like, it's supposed to be, like, the mid-1800s. No, that he and, might like, have been. He he's supposed to be, like, this, like, legend who just drove steel until he collapses, 
right? Like, isn't that kind of the the legend? Like, he just doesn't stop. I think there's like a Here. Walt Disney. There's like a Walt it's Disney a, something. A man tasked with hammering a steel drill into rock to make holes for explosives to blast the rock in construction constructing a railroad tunnel. Is that uh, the same thing as from Django Unchained when you take big rocks and you make them into little rocks? Oh, maybe. Like, because yeah, where Django's you have like, to, punishment like, at the end is going to be... Was going to be helping to build the railroads. Yeah. Oh, it could be then. Yeah, there is a there is a Disney short about called John Henry. I know I've seen it as a kid. If you want to know uh, a little bit here on the wiki, our good fr- friend D- Dwayne Johnson... <laughs> Is is going to play John Henry in a Netflix original? Oh, I didn't know that. Really? I mean, who knows if this will actually come to fruition or not? I, I'm just, it just says that yeah, in October 2018, Dwayne Johnson will portray John Henry. Oh, how interesting! Which makes sense. I'm inter- I, I I don't know if he I don't know if he has the range to do it, but we'll, well find out. Yeah, uh, yeah, but the bail- <laughs> But there are songs about John Henry. Was a steel driving man. Interesting. I, that's where that's where Bart's taking this from. Um, but I, we only dwell on this one because there's no one that is even our age that will probably remember that. Probably not. Like if you remember it, you remember it because Bart was singing it right on a bus. But yeah, I think it's supposed to just be like a railroad worker that kills himself from exhaustion because he won't stop. Um, because I he's think like is, okay. I think that's the, or like he gets in a bet. When the agent for the steam drill company brought the drill here, John Henry wanted to drive against it. He took a lot of pride in his work and he hated to see a machine take the work of men like him. Well, that's they decided right. to hold it's, a yeah. test to get an idea of how practical right. the steam right. drill and was. And he does more than, and he does more than he the won. machine. Yep. He wouldn't rest. He overdid yep. it. And he, he took sick and died. Yep. Right, right. Also, uh, the modern parable of that is when Dwight takes on the machine in an episode of The Office, which, add that to the list, we'll get to it. Oh, that um, one's going to be tough. No, it's, it's, your, it's your classic machine versus man parable. It's true, it is, yes. Well, it's, All it's, right. it's anybody who has to go against like a computer or a machine. Right, right. They're replacing everything with computers now. <laughs> Um, so so anyway, back to the Simpsons again. Now that I now that we gave a little advertisement and talked about John Henry, uh, so he sings the song and on what they finally get to the nuclear power plant. Which like how far away is it that all this happened? But it's a bus ride. Bart's proud it's... because Wendell actually made it. So he slaps him on the back to say, "Hey, Wendell, you made it!" And he and he pukes all over the bus. <laughs> and I did like all the all the kids like jumping out the windows and stuff. To right? Get away. Yeah, I would be. Uh, that'd be me. <laughs> Um, so we get to... But you gotta remember, like, I think it's more so from, like, the kid's perspective. A bus ride takes way longer from a kid's perspective than it would... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. now. I always thought oh, yeah. it took like, even so thinking about, long. Thinking about how long I thought it took to get from school to home, and how long, far away school actually was from home, it was, like, nothing. Right. Like, it, like, but I thought it was, like, the longest oh, time. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> So then we get the introduction, uh, well, not the introduction, but we, well, in production order, this would have been the first time, and that's why he's black. And that's Waylon Smithers. Yes. Um, So you get Waylon Smithers, who either is black or has a... Tan. uh, Tan. Scholar's kid, Uh, 
Um, and and listening to the commentary, he was originally supposed to be black. Um, oh, that's I interesting. Think the the idea was that they were trying to make a diverse Springfield. Okay. So he was going to be black, and at some point he he started coming back yellow because Korean animators don't oh. always understand, and that's why you get a lot of weird colors because of the animation. Okay. Korea animators didn't necessarily know how to interpret. Like, why would he be a different color? Sure. Like, they didn't understand that. So that's interesting. Um, okay. But then the other thing was Sam Simon did want to make him gay, but subtle. So sure. from the beginning, Sam Simon's idea was like, he's going to be gay, but don't make it like, right. like over the top gay. Right. Um, like make him a normal person that happens to be gay, which they, they, they do make a lot of gay jokes yeah, at his, yeah, his so expense. That, right. But he's also a very three-dimensional character. He is. He's, he's obsessed with burns. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's not like hiding his gayness either. He... He's like, he's in the closet, kind of, but it's I think it's more so because other people say something, and he's just like, well, whatever, I'll just go with whatever you're saying, even yeah. though I'm not like going for women. I yeah, well, I, and I and I wonder how progressive it was at the time that he was. That's hard to to gauge for us yeah, at least because we were little. For us to gauge. Yeah, but yes, he was originally black and gay, and now he he eventually becomes white. But but it, it is interesting that it it's just one of those random coincidence or random mistakes that just became canon for the show sure but he's giving a he gives the he does an old film film strip it's our first film strip on the simpsons which <laughs> becomes a running gag um which is a great part of the simpsons lore is the film strips mm-hmm. but this is smiling joe fission who's this like little adam who must be like the the power plant's mascot and he gives like yeah. like a presentation on what nuclear energy is sure and it's okay like it's 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 not great but it's it gives you an idea of what's to come with these with the jokes about film strips mm-hmm. i did i like the end one he's like and then we just have this nuclear waste and then we get rid of it and like why the the people putting the, the thing together would be like they sweep it under the rug oh which gosh. obviously is the joke right and then I do also like that after it's over, the kids cheer, which is weird. Like, why, why did they all cheer? Because um, it's over. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Children. Uh, so then uh, they're like, okay, we're going to go on a tour now. And like three or four like danger, danger, yes. danger doors open. Like you really shouldn't um, be entering this zone. Which is definitely tells you like the time period that the show was made. to, Because today... People are like, nuclear energy is better than the, a lot of the energy that we're using. Sure. Um, it's not cl- it's still totally not like, clean, right. but it's, it's considered a cleaner energy. And back then, the joke was like, it'll it's going to kill us all if we go to nuclear energy. Mm-hmm. Like, So it's just kind of different how the times have changed and like, well, I think where the they're, way they're that, getting the satire. Sure, and I think the way that nuclear plants are now are going to be a you little bit... You think they're in better shape than I they would, were back then? God, I would hope so. But I kinda, I'm going to go with the fact that I would think that they are better than they used to be. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going on the tour, and Homer knows that the tour is coming through, and he wants to be able to see Bart Which is kind it. of cute. Yeah, it's, it's kind, kind of, of funny. So, um, and there's this random uh, coworker that's like, "Well, they're not going to find you if you're just going to sit on your butt all day eating donuts." <laughs> so um, he's in his little he's car. Like, oh, that's right! I gotta get where the action is, and he has this he has this Austin Powers cart <laughs> that he so starts weird. driving around, and. Um, Bart sees him and he's like, "Oh, hey, Dad! Oh, I did write down that Blink. You see Blinky in the river. Do we see? Our first did, does he jump? Blinky. 
Yeah, oh yes, I do. I do remember seeing Blinky because I got all excited yeah. about Blinky. Bl- Blinky, another icon from The Simpsons, the three-eyed fish. I've always loved Blinky. Uh, I feel like you have a stuffed Blinky, or maybe you thought about getting a stuffed Blinky when we were at Universal. I think so. I didn't. I don't have one. I want one. I think yeah. it'd be kind of funny. You have to see this little helper. I think probably packed away somewhere packed from like a long yeah. time ago yeah. yeah but yeah get a little blinky <laughs> next time we go i'll just crochet a little yeah, blinky. next time we go <laughs> um a homer looks up because bart says hi and the homer ends up hitting a pipe which causes an accident and his supervisor who is sherry and terry's dad fires him in front of everybody in front of everyone very embarrassing very embarrassing and that's and that that's how uh we get into the plot of homer's odyssey it is in that way kind of like a precursor to the Simpsons episodes, which would start one way, mm-hmm. and then like by the end of the first act, the plot would change. Yeah, that's like, true. The first act was like a setup for what it would actually be going on. Right. Homer is encouraged to go find a job. He doesn't have any luck. Uh, there's a montage of people slamming doors in his face, um, and even Bart slams the door. Like yes, like you, you can't come it, home. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> And we get our first prank call because Homer, in a dis- you know, is in despair. He goes to Moe's, and we get the first prank call of the show, which this one happens to. Well, you, you we'll run we'll the listen clip. to it. Moe's Tavern. Is Mr. Freely there? Who? Oh. Freely. First initial is IP. Hold on, I'll check it. Uh, is IP Freely here? Hey, everybody, I.P. Freely. <laughs> Wait a minute. Listen to me, you lousy bum. When I give a home to you, you're dead. I swear I'm going to slice your heart in half. <laughs> so that is based off of an actual thing that apparently like got passed around back in like the 80s. Which is like somebody would call this like gruff bartender and do these prank names. Oh, and really? the bartender didn't catch on for a few times. So like there is this just guy asking for alcoholic and IP freely and whatever else. <laughs> and huge ass. Um, huge, I'm huge ass. Huge ass was my favorite. That used to be my... Uh, huge ass is the best. That one. was my name on uh, SOCOM on the PS2. Oh, that's right. You were, you were huge ass. I was huge ass. <laughs> everybody called me Hugh <laughs> that was fun <laughs> yeah one of the one of the bad things about like be, being a being a kid when you grow up when you play online video games you make that online name when you're like 10 years old and you're stuck with that like 20 <laughs> years later you're like why the fuck did I make myself Peter Griffin like why is that <laughs> well well the funnier thing with SOCOM you could change your name Every time you oh, logged in, you so you were okay. You but uh, yeah, I. But you were consistently huge. Huge ass, ass. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to, as to now, where you would be Zap Rostauer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody plays online and you see a Zap Rostauer, it could be me. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, by the way, add that to the list. So the final sacrifice. I I don't have anything else to say here except for that Marge I wrote Marge and Bart Marge and Homer on the, are on the wrong side of the bed for the next scene because they're talking about in bed how Homer can't find a job and Marge tries to get a, her old job this as a rollerblading waitress 
Yeah. So she takes that up while Homer's out of work. Right. So so they have some money coming in. Um, but they are on the wrong side of the bed. I, I don't noticed. think I noticed that. Okay. Yeah. Because Homer's always on the... If you're looking at the bed... Yes. Homer's always on the left. Yes. Marge's always on the right. Right. And for whatever reason in this episode, they, they flipped sides. And I think that's, like, stuck with me. That that's, like, where the, the man and the long. woman belong. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Because that's how Rachel, I sleep. Rachel goes to bed with her husband. That's how her I husband sleep. Is like, nope, I am on the right. Yes. You are on the left. Plus, that's like the closest to the door. Yeah. And that's where I sleep. I don't know why. It's just that's how it is. So Homer gets into like a deep depression. He's lying on the couch. He's doing nothing. And the kids are concerned. Like, they're they're surprisingly like trying to like get him to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, Bart eventually like just decides just to take it. Well, I guess we'll just take advantage of the old guy. Right. And so he asked him for... Oh, he asked him to sign his report card. Yes. Which shows that Bart's getting an F in social studies, an F in math, a D in PE, a U in science, a U in reading, and a U in writing. I guess that means underperforming? Okay, maybe. But a D in PE. I'm kind of surprised. doesn't want it. He, I bet he played like dodgeball once. Oh, so they yeah, like couldn't maybe. give him enough. But I I guess this is this is another thing where like people got up in arms against the Simpsons because he was an underachiever and proud of it. Right. Um like there was a t shirt that said that. Like parents thought that like he was the worst role model. Yeah, he was a huge and it's like, like a guy, bad influence on people. Parents would be fucking folks at home, you're lucky if you're <laughs> if your kid is is Bart, like nowadays probably. <laughs> like like, he's just kind of a wise ass. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's not, like, ass. that bad of a kid. He's just a smart ass. If, if he if he uh, applies himself, he can actually do something. Well, he, well, we'll get to that episode yes. in the next season. Yes. Because that is a good one. That is, that is, that's the way the kickoff season two. But, right. So, ho, I, I do also like the animation where Maggie pokes him in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> just bubbles. <laughs> So Homer sees a beer commercial while he's just laying there and he decides, uh, beer, that's a temporary, it's, it's the most, it doesn't sound like Homer at all, but he goes, beer, that's a temporary solution. Yes. (laughs) Like, but he decides to go get one. Uh, but all that's in the, all that's in the fridge. Okay. Hold on. There is a very famous line that Homer says, beer, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. And I know it's yes. not yet, but this is kind of a part of that. You yeah, no, that's beer. A, a running theme is definitely, yeah, that they do take a lot of shots, surprisingly at beer, because I can't remember what, what in the commentaries at some point they say, like, Fox will let them take as many shots as they want at cigarettes, because you can't advertise cigarettes. Sure. But taking shots at alcohol is hard, because alcohol is such a big advertiser yeah. on American television that you, you it's hard to get away with it. And the Simpsons do it a lot. Yeah, they do. They, they, they rip into alcohol a lot. They, they praise alcohol a lot. But they they definitely... They, Show, like, they the nasty sides of it, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the idea of duff, I never understood that duff is a, is a synonym for butt or, like, a colloquialism for your butt, your ass. Like, get off your oh, duff. Oh, get off your duff. I never got that. Like mm. I, I found that like looking in the researching the the episode. Sure, but that's that's where that comes from. There's no beer in the fridge, so but there is a cake that says "It's okay, Dad. We love you anyway," 
And in a fit of rage, he throws the cake like, damn it, no beer. <laughs> like he did, like, like in a crappier sitcom, that would be like the point where he like gets the confidence to like. Right. Be... He sees it and cries and he's. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he goes and he steals Bart's piggy bank. I do like this joke where he's like, what have I done? I smashed my kid's piggy bank and there's not even enough for a beer. And he goes, wait a minute, let me check. And then he like, he, 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 he does driving. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I didn't this realize is where Homer Simpson sad huh? this part gets. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. how I was about like, to say this is the part where cow. Homer Simpson decides to murder himself. Yes, like he really does. <laughs> Which is so bizarre that this is the third episode of this of this TV show, and Homer's already trying to kill himself. <laughs> It's so weird. Uh, so he writes this this note to his family, which like it's dark. It's so and it's a weird note too, and I think it's supposed to be like a joke because it's like never give up and all this like stuff as he's about as to he's go kill up. himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of the joke. Well, it is because doesn't he try to move the rock and then he says, "I give up." <laughs> <laughs> It like says I never get never give up, and then he's trying to move this boulder, and he goes, "Ah, I well, give he up." Well, he takes he takes a rock with him. Oh yeah, okay. And when he gets to the bridge that he's gonna throw himself off of, there's already a rock there, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, live and learn." Like, yeah, okay, like, live and learn. Yeah, jeez. Um, I did like the, the weirdly the Winfields, which I guess is this old couple that live that's their neighbors. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, it looks like the old Simpson boy is about to go kill himself. Like, it's so weird. I thought it was weird that they're just sitting on their porch in the middle of the night. It's very unsettling. <laughs> it's almost like flying a kite in the middle of the night. Hello, mother. <laughs> we'll get to that joke <laughs> one day. We'll we'll have thirty minutes on that joke alone. <laughs> so I can't remember how. The family, I think Lisa kept, finds the note, I, which is even more disturbing. I can't remember how they, they find this, but they realize so. that Homer's not there. Right. And they, they try to track him down. I don't know why they think he's going to do it off the bridge. Like, maybe he added that in the note. But the family catches up to him, and a car's headed right to, to them. And he, he gets, like, the strength of, like, adrenaline rush. So suddenly the, it doesn't matter that he's got the boulder with him. He, he goes and right. he grabs them. He grabs them all out of the way. It's, it's that, that crazy <clears throat> adrenaline rush of I have to save my family. Yeah. So he's able to save the family. And, and, and Marge is like, how could you ever think of, like, killing yourself? And he's like, I'm not going to kill myself. Like, I have a reason to live now. I'm going to get a stop sign put on this bridge. <laughs> I mean, it's a very small. Hey, sometimes you <laughs> only need a small thing to keep you going. Yeah, I guess so. So there's our little moral right there. I hope that <laughs> helps anybody out there. Yeah. You just sometimes you need to look for those small things to keep you going. That's right. Like Shelf Life, a podcast for you to keep you going. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait for wait for the next episode of Shelf Life because there always will be one. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Until we get bored. But then you can go look at other podcasts, like all the ones that we've mentioned in the first three episodes of the show. Like, brr, 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 and brr, brr, brr. <laughs> like, like, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Do you see the problem oh here, folks? God. Our Simpsons episodes are a circular reference to all the other Simpsons episodes. It's true.
Uh, but no, it's a good, it's a good little lesson. And definitely get, don't do what Homer did here. Definitely go get help. It, there's always, there's always help. Anyway, some of that stuff will be cut out. <laughs> Most of it. So, <laughs> okay, where were we? So anyway, the Simpsons. So Homer goes, Homer and family go to a town hall meeting, which I guess the old mayor is there because it's not Mayor Quimby. Yeah, uh, but Ooh, I didn't it's even our first think about that. That's true. It's our first appearance of maybe this is just the city council. True, but it's our first appearance of Chief Clancy Wiggum. A, I don't think he's named Wiggum yet, but it is definitely the first appearance of Wiggum. Right, he acts a he's little pan- differently. Yeah, he sound- yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have. I don't even have a catchphrase. <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> I lost it. He's, he's not quite there, um, but he's passing around uh, a sheet for for El Barto, this mysterious. <laughs> it's clearly just Bart, right. but like they think it's like something. Some other person is like vandalizing, and they make it. They make um, him look like it's an adult Bart, like on the yeah. picture and stuff. And yeah, well, an El Barto, I think, becomes like a that's a running, running gag I'm and other sure. material. Yeah, like not necessarily on the show, but like. Pro- video game the arcade mm-hmm. game and stuff like that he he gets up to 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 say he's he's going to um you know I, I think there should be a stop sign here and they immediately say like great done this is this is actually it's a it's a clever pun because homer says you know they think i'm gonna stop at that stop sign they're sta- sadly mistaken and i'm gonna let's let's try that one again <laughs> and homer says <laughs> And Homer says, if they think I'm going to stop at that stop sign, they're sadly mistaken. And the whole idea is that he's going to run keep a stop making sign. Yeah. safe signs. But the joke is that, like, you know, you'd, you'd stop at a stop sign. But he decides he's going to put up a bunch more signs. So we get a montage of different signs. Rachel, I don't know if you caught any of the, the spiraling newspaper yes. headlines. Uh, there was one sign that says sign ahead. Sign. There's a sign that says sign ahead. Yes. A sign for the um, sign ahead. I think there's another like the, one of the one of the newspaper headlines was enough already. Homer Simpson. Yes. Yep. <clears throat> so I like that too. But he he decides that after all the signs have been put up, that nothing is not as or nothing breaks the safety as much as the nuclear power plant. So he is going to take on the nuclear power plant. And Bart actually calls him a hero here. But he doesn't want Homer to hear it. And then he's like, what's that son? And he's like, oh, I didn't say anything. And he's like, oh, I thought I heard you. Right. <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, a nice little moment that like Homer can be, you know, he's a hero now for being like an activist, mm-hmm. almost kind of a thing. So then we get a rally in front of the plant uh, with like Homer's followers. There's a guy that looks kind of like Flanders, but not. That's like, I guess, in charge of this. <laughs> I like Homer's line, which... Unlike most of you, I am not a nut, <laughs> which I just like the idea that he, he thinks, you know, yes. he, he still thinks everyone there is a nut, but he's still on their side. And he is basically brought in by Burns to negotiate because Burns doesn't want the bad press, which is odd for Burns because I think in future episodes he would just like whatever, right. like he wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. But the momentum behind Homer's cause is enough that like he decides to like meet with meet with him. We get the first look of Burns' office, which is 
not as gigantic right. as it would be in the second season. It's not quite as extravagant. The polar bear is still there, though. That's, so that's they, consistent. They cut the polar bear. Yeah. And we get uh, a duel between Burns and, and Homer. And Burns just tells him that he'll put him in charge of safety at the plant. Basically to have him to shut him up. Right. Um, and I think this might be the first time we get the Homer internal monologue. <laughs> Because he's like, oh, this guy's got a big desk. And like he's like, sure. he can't keep he can't keep it straight. Uh, but he ultimately decides to take it. Um, but the first thing he needs to do is tell his people that the plant is safe. Mm-hmm. So he goes out to do it, but he realizes that he can't morally. Like he 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 yeah he look he sees like his family there, and he decides like he can't do it. So he comes back and he tells him he can't do it. But he 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 kind of outsmarts Mr. Burns oh, here. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because he he says like, if you don't give me this job, I'm gonna spend every free minute I have fighting for safety, mm-hmm. and they'll and it'll, I'll come after you. But if you give me the job, I I won't have the time to do that. Yep. So like you 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 kind of have to, you have to give me the job. Right. Burns like gets it like burns realizes like oh you you, you kind of got me and and gives him the job back but you have to tell the people it's we're it's over so he goes back out and he tells the people that he's going to make sure the plant's safe because now he's in charge of safety exactly um and then he falls off the the balcony <laughs> but they all catch him in future seasons they would have dropped him or he would have been too heavy and then they would have fallen right um, but but he gets to leave as a hero at the end of, of the episode. And that is the end of Homer's Odyssey. Yes. What did you think of of that one, Rachel, it, of episode three? It's, um, it was fine. Uh, it didn't, like, it doesn't catch me as, like, some of the other ones, like, will that get me, like, excited to watch it. It's, it's a little, I don't know what the word is I want. It doesn't, it's a little disconnected, I feel like. I think it's still, it's slow. Yes. It's still very slow. The plot doesn't really ever get going, and then the plot ends very quickly. Yeah. I feel like it's just a way to make him the, the safety inspector. Oh, it's um, just, a, just a way to change his job. Yeah, and it's so dark that he's that he's going to throw himself off the that bridge. That part it's kind just... of like, I get it's it's too edgy. You went a little weird for having it be the yeah, third episode. Odd. Yeah, but yeah, that that's i don't think i think it's i think it's one of the worst i don't not to reveal my list but i think it's probably one of the weakest ones yeah of, i thought of it was kind season. of weak so that was homer's odyssey and we've got uh we just keep on rolling so we'll be right back with another episode of the simpsons brought to you by dr marvin monroe's family therapy center <laughs> Honey, aren't you going to work today? No, I don't think so. Honey, you have a problem, and it won't get better till you admit it. I admit this. You better shut your big yap. Oh, you shut up. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Why don't you both shut up? Hi, friends. I'm Dr. Marvin Monroe. Does this scene look familiar? (laughs) If so, I can help. No gimmicks, no pills, no fad diets. Just family bliss or double your money back. So call today. Dr. Marvin Monroe's Family Therapy Center. 1-800-555-HUGS. Why don't you call right now? Hello, everyone. Welcome back um, to another 
episode of The Simpsons Season 1. Wait, why are you doing this? Well, I'm doing this because we just... We're, this is a very... This is a therapeutic episode of The Simpsons. Hopefully you listened to our our sponsors, Dr. Marvin Rose, who... Dr. Marvin Monroe. <laughs> yes. I think that's the I'm as sure of it as I'm sure my voice is annoying. <laughs> I mean, that sounds way more like the, the therapy that you'd get in The Simpsons than a nice, soft voice. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, we, we keep we keep going with the season here. This next episode de- uh, debuted on January 28th, 1990, No Disgrace Like Home, written by Al Jean and Mike Reese, a writing duo that would go on to be the showrunners for, like, every season after season three. They would become probably the driving force behind the simpsons or at least one of the driving forces because they were the showrunners during the golden years um it's directed by two people that i do not think directed after this greg vanzo and kent butterworth and i do not know who either of those two gentlemen are i don't know which probably tells you that it did not work out very well for them directing the simpsons i I think it just wasn't a very good fit and you can tell that because this episode is uh, let's say it's set in the Bizarro world. Just a little. Is that is that fair to say? I think so. It is. It's it's an episode that is kind of like none of the characters act like themselves. No. Down to Barney, like yeah. no one acts like themselves. Mm-hmm. I think it has its moments, but we'll 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 kind of get into get into it here. So the the chalkboard gag. I will not burp in class. Okay. The couch gag, back to squashed Homer. So this time they squeezed Homer out of the couch. Yep. Rib, rib tickling hilarity on those couch <laughs> gags. Like, I wonder if you if you told them, like, they would have guests, like, modern day artists come in to do, like, three minute couch gags <laughs> three decades later on the show. They'd be like, oh, we just had Bart fall off the couch. Right. Like, <laughs> In different ways. (laughs) Uh, So this show starts with Bart and Lisa fighting, and they're saying, and and Homer is pulling pulls them apart. Homer is wearing an outfit that I don't think we've see we see him wear since or after this. It must be his going to the company picnic outfit Mm, because the premise is that they're going to the company picnic, and Homer is wearing shorts. And like a striped shirt, it's very unhomery. It, yeah, it 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 threw me off guard at first when I saw him in that. I was like, "What are you wearing?" <laughs> Until it was introduced that there was a picnic. So it turns out that they're fighting over who loves them more. But Bart is saying Lisa loves Homer more, and Lisa's saying Bart loves Homer more. So it's just a little um, twist on that. Yeah. So Homer is like just a, a little the butt of the joke. About that. <laughs> And Homer ends up taking a bite out of Marge's gelatin desserts, which she's made five plates of gelatin because at the last company picnic, Mr. Burns told Homer or told somebody that he likes the dessert. So Homer was like, oh, we have to make the gelatin dessert for the boss. Right. Which, as it turns out, like, I think Mr. Burns was just saying that to be nice. Right. Um, Because then everybody does it. Yeah. But then everyone brings it. So he's, like, learned his lesson of being nice, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) 
All it took was for everyone to bring gelatin to the company picnic. Yep. So Smithers is white again in this episode. He's actually a little whiter than Mr. Burns. Yeah, I think he was, so. Like, when he's sitting there, because again, the colors aren't quite right. Right. And then you get the idea of like what Homer's up against, though, because as they're and Homer's panicked because he thinks like the family's not going to behave while they're there. Mm-hmm. He knows Martin. Martin, and Lisa are little hellions. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lisa is a brat in this episode. She She's is just kind of a brat. Smarter than Bart, which is why it. it they just don't act like themselves in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if Algene and Mike Reese kind of knew what the characters were going to be like because it is such an early episode. Could if be. If they just didn't understand that, like, there was def- there's defined characteristics yet or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of just had the kids act like kids. Yeah. That's it. And before they get, before they pass Mr. Burns, um, there's a family that Mr. Burns, like, you know, says hello to, and the kid is upset that, that he's there because he miss he's missing his little little league game. And as they pass by, Mr. Burns is like, "Fire that man!" <laughs> right. <laughs> so you can't have a like a any dispute in the family. Right. So like Homer's fear is justified, even though, as we just established in the previous episode, Mr. Burns kind of needs him. Right. But I don't know if I don't know if Homer would have the uh, same drive if he got fired again. Probably but, not. <laughs> um, Bart tries to, or Homer does Homer pay off Bart? No, that's later. That's later. That's later. Uh, Bart and Lisa immediately become obnoxious. They like are running around everywhere, and Homer's chasing after them. And Marge finds another mom. Marge finds another mar- mom, and they dump the, their babies um, off, and they just leave the happy little elves on to keep them occupied yes basically and i think it works because we never come back to maggie that's right yeah maggie's perfectly fine she's they're perfectly content it's what you folks at home if you have babies just put the happy little elves on or (laughs) more importantly put the simpsons on they'll be fine i think coco melon is the uh the craze these days rachel that's like a i think that's a like a a drink or something that you rub (laughs) on your body it does feel like a more of a lotion (laughs) yeah that's that's a lotion I don't know what you just said, but that that that's definitely a lotion. Uh, Are we? I don't think we're adding cocoa melon to the list. So no, unfortunately for you fans, I mean, if we're like seventy years old and we've run out of things to talk about, maybe we'll come back. <laughs> well, welcome to episode nine thousand three hundred twenty-two of Shelf Life. We're talking about baby shark on... <laughs> and cocoa melon. The crazes of children. <laughs> the crazes of children from the 20 teens. <laughs> so anyway, they spike the punch and Marge, oh, I'm not much of a drinker. Marge gets drunk off the punch. And some of the other moms, these weird accents that you never hear in The Simpsons mm-hmm. anymore, um, are bragging about their family. And Marge is like, trying to play up the family but like her family's so shit that like she can't but she's getting drunk so there is this like fun like musical yeah like they're having like they're dancing and stuff and she's like doing karaoke or something i guess it's like an old dean martin song okay i actually learned from talking the simpsons which is what marge is singing here but it is it is like yeah it's like this whole little like musical number that marge is enjoying the punch and Mr. Burns is about to give a speech. Oh, before this, 
Bart and Homer have to do the father-son sacrifice. Right. It's mandatory. And the, the, the rules are, Mr. Burns always wins. <laughs> Bart is, like, nuts to this. Like, right. Like, this is stupid. So I do like the, 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 the part where, like, they all, like, have to take one. He takes, like, a little leap, and they all have to also take just a little leap behind right. him. Um, like, it's kind of, like, I feel like Mr. Burns would think they're patronizing him, but at the same time, like, maybe he doesn't care. Sure. It's more of a power move, too. Yeah. Like, you can only be, you have to be one step behind me. But Bart takes it upon himself to try to win the race. He starts hustling. So Homer... To his credit, because, like, I feel like a future Homer would have stumbled and, like, the two of them would have, like, you know, fallen into, you know, dog poop or something. Sure. But, like, they, Homer catches them, and Mr. Burns just gets past the line before mm-hmm. Bart does. Um, and I, and the weirdest little animation, because it's cheap animation at this point, where his, Mr. Burns' arms are, like, ten feet long. <laughs> yes. And he's, like, asking for praise. Right. He looks he looks more lizardy um in that shot than like he ever does. Right. It's like a head on shot. Mm-hmm. And he's got like the big like vulture beak going on. <laughs> Close one this year. <laughs> um This is where they also try to make it apparent that like Mr. Burns, voiced by Harry Shearer, who's basically given up on the show at this point. But back then he tried very, very hard. Um and He's doing like a Ronald Reagan impression. Who okay. Was the former president, um, which the note cards are like a our take on Reagan because I, he was losing his mind at the time. He couldn't remember people's names, so his staff would hand him a note card with who he was about to meet. Mm. So that's like where the, the that's where that joke in. came in. Okay, yeah. with little well, like Maggie, little, <laughs> yeah. right. or, little expecting. Yeah, <laughs> this must be expecting. And, <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was expecting. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's Bart, sir. Don't correct the man, Brat. Like, like, that's what... I think this episode is better than the last two because there are little jokes like that that are actually pretty good. Right. They just don't act right. Yeah, it just... There always feels like something is wrong. Yeah. Well, even, like, Marge is drunk and, like, Burns is giving a speech and at the end of it he's like, thank you all... Uh, for coming and then he's like re- i think this we get our first release the hounds yes here um but he releases the hounds and or he says he's gonna release the hounds if they don't leave in 10 minutes right this is where that family leaves first exactly and all, like talking about how great they love each other and all that kind of stuff and then the the son gives his dad a kiss and this is when homer turns to the boy <laughs> like to fart and tries to pay him to give him a kiss. <laughs> well, or he does. Actually, he does. He does pay he him. Five bucks for a kiss. Yeah. Right. And But Mr. Burns sees right through it. Right. Um, so ho- luckily, they, he doesn't fire Homer, but he sees through the, the attempt. Yeah. Though there's a little guise right there. And he's like, no. That's really <laughs> obvious and sad. <laughs> um, but, but Homer in the parking lot, like, talks to the dad of the one family and he's like oh like please like you guys don't really care about each other and he he says like oh i pity you or something like that mm-hmm. and we get this bizarre like it this it's almost feels weird. like it should be marge and not homer but yes. we get this we get this uh animation where homer sees the family as all like demons they're all in the car and they're like come on homer like oh yeah one right more. yeah and they're doing one of us one of us which for those of you that do not know the one of us one of us 
It comes from, oh, I can't remember the year. It's from the 30s, but it's a it's a horror movie called Freaks. Have you seen that one, Rachel? I have not seen Freaks. Might have to add that one to the list. I, I love it when there's something it's new like for me. Forty minutes long. You might. It's it's it, it, the disturbing part about it is the the plot of that movie is um it's it's all with people that have deformities um and, and they're real deformities. So it's like the half man and it's like a, a little person and okay um, somebody that was born with like webbed feet and stuff like that. It's like and it's supposed to be like the freak show at a circus. Okay. And the plot is the one guy still looks like a little kid, even though he's, like, in charge of it. And the one person is trying to steal his money. Okay. And the end, the freaks confront her, and they do one of us, one of us, goobble gobble, goobble gobble. So, like, that's where that comes from. Right. So it's, it's famous, but, like... In 1990, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people got that. Like now, because you everything is you can find everything, but I don't think a lot of people would have gotten that reference. Probably not, unless it was that popular still, which is possible. But I think it's just one of those things where it's like everyone a little deeper. In the, everyone in the writers' room knew about this kind of stuff. You know, sure. like the fact that Mr. Bur- Mr. Burns' manner looks like Zan's- Xanadu from Citizen Kane. Like yeah. it's designed to look that way. Right. It's every 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 frame is so dense. There's so much packed into it. <laughs> Stay tuned. But the, <laughs> but and Citizen Citizen Kane's on the list, folks. Don't worry about that. So anyway, Homer is disappointed now that he thinks like he has this bad family. And there's one night he walks in and the family's eating their dinner. They're eating like TV dinner in front of the TV. And he's disappointed and he wants them to eat at the dining room table. Okay. And he thinks that like a normal family would eat at the dining room table. They decide, Homer decides to take them on a quest to find, because he's trying to tell them that like, no, normal families like sit at the dining room table. And Lisa's basically like, I hate to tell you, Dad, but, like, we're the norm. Like, people don't do that. Right. Um, it's a meta-commentary on the idea that, like, the Simpsons are the normal family. Like, the ones that you see on TV that, like, eat at the dining room table and, like, do all that stuff. That's The not perfect real. family. Yeah. The first family that they find is oddly all around the table. And I couldn't tell if this is supposed to be some sort of animation or something that we're supposed to, like, get an idea. But it's, like, this big family and the dad's... The dad's wearing a shirt, and like that, like like they're they're all loving. That's the first one. The second one, they're having a conversation, and the Simpsons can't hear it. Um, but it turns out that it and and the little kid leaves, and they Homer speculates that it's to get the old man's slippers, slippers or something. Yeah, pipe and slippers. Right. But it's really to get the gun <laughs> because there's somebody out front. There's somebody in the bushes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they don't realize it's their house, and they're like, oh, what a dump. Like, this place sucks. And then, and then Homer's like, I even stepped on their flowers. And then Marge and then is they... annoyed because she's like, this is your house. Yeah. Um, so Homer's, like, upset about all of that, so he decides to go to Moe's. Which of I course. think this is the fourth episode. <laughs> or third. Bart the genius is the only one that he doesn't go to Moe's in. Right. So Homer um, is, is there, and Barney picks a fight with him. Because Barney is, like, saying uh, that all of his kids are little hooligans and, like... And it's Homer's really like, odd that he yeah, says something like, like that. Barney, Barney wouldn't bring this up. And I feel like Barney... Barney's only connection to, like, 
people is through Homer and the kids. So I, I just don't, I don't see. I feel like he actually likes them. And he's yeah. sounding like he doesn't. Right, exactly. Because Homer's like, you can't call my kids that way. And he goes, well, at least two of them. Meaning Lisa and Maggie. And Barney goes, do you have two I haven't met? And oh, they wow. <laughs> yeah, it's really mean. So they start having, they start fighting. And the whole idea is like, there's a boxing match going on on the TV. And in typical fashion here, Barney knocks out Homer because Barney is good at boxing, as we find out in future episodes where he beats, oh, which, which boxing? Well, he knocks out Wade Boggs. But, right. he, but um, yeah, so he is, he can I mean, take Homer can, can take a him. punch, but that's, that's right. about all he can do. <laughs> but while on the floor, um, we, we get uh, Homer overhears the commercial which uh was our sponsor of marvin monroe's family therapy center and he gets the idea well he gets the you know life's but like it's life's answers aren't found at the bottom of the bottle they're on tv or whatever he says Mm -hmm. so we come back and it's probably the first itchy and scratchy it is it is the the debut um of itchy and scratchy they actually have that in the notes Oh, okay. For the episode. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. So this is the first Itchy and Scratchy. Um, Obviously, a take on Tom and Jerry, but the idea is that it's ultra violent. (laughs) I mean, Tom and Jerry did get pretty violent, though. Well, and the idea, too, is, like, it shows the, like, it shows the violence. Like, it'll show, like, you know. Oh, yeah, it actually shows it on screen instead of just, like, implying it and it being off screen. Like, Willie, Wiley Coyote gets blown up, but then he's perfectly fine. And right. Instead, like, they'll show Wiley Coyote getting, like, blown up, and or, or they'll show Scratchy getting blown up, but, like, his intestines will be falling out. Or right. Whatever it is. Homer unplugs the TV, and he's saying that he's going to tell the family that they're going to go to therapy, uh, that they're going to go to Dr. Marvin Rose. And Lisa gets offended because she says, you're going to take us... Or, or Homer first says, well, of all the commercials, his was the best, which is funny. Right. Um, and then Lisa gets offended and is like, you're going to take us to a place that advertised on pro wrestling? And Homer goes, boxing, Lisa, boxing. It's a world of difference. <laughs> <laughs> which he's right. Yeah, that's true. One of, because um, while bo- one of them is more entertaining and both are fake. So... Um, <laughs> that is a bold statement. <laughs> How dare you call pro wrestling fake? I'm sorry. You're right. uh, it's pre. It's you're right. It's predetermined. It's not fake. Boxing is fake. Uh, so Homer decides uh, the amount of money that they needed to, to pay. Like they're going to take the money out of the kids' college fund. Uh, the kids' college fund is eighty eight dollars, which is not enough because right. you need two hundred and fifty dollars to get the uh, therapy. $88, probably not enough back then to go to college. Either. Uh, it's a, now it would be enough to get you a letter to send to the college to try to get into the college. Yeah, it's not even enough to get a book. Because I did, were there like a lot of colleges too that like made you pay to do an application? Yes. Yeah. So and in like, fact, I don't even like, think that 88 bucks would probably be enough for that. Oh man, it's ridiculous. A lot of the times when you want to do the graduate programs too, you have to pay to enter. Yes. Some, well, yeah, it depends on if it's like for me, I think it was the same. I, I, I didn't have a fee because I went to the same school. 
Sure. It's like, yeah, you don't have to pay. A fee. But if you're if you're applying to places, you have to apply to every one of those and pay right. to apply. It's so ridiculous. Sure. Mm-hmm. They decide because of this, they're going to pawn the TV. So, Homer... which is kind of funny because it took TV to find the the therapist, mm-hmm. and now he's mm-hmm. selling the TV to go to the therapist. That's right. That's right. Really makes you think. It's a message. It's a real message. It's a. It's a definite message in this one i i think it's weird too because homer's so out of character like mm-hmm. homer being the one to do this i think he'd pawn anything else but the tv yeah but he really thinks it's like necessary even marge is like telling him not to do it right which just seems opposite day opposite and homer so they get the money to pawn the tv which the guy at the pawn shop makes it seem like homer comes there all the time He's got a weird voice, too. He's got that creepy voice that you don't hear after season one. You know what I mean? It's like that voice. Like, how high you do, Samson? Yeah, like, I don't... Like, Herman has it, too, in a couple yes. episodes a little bit. And it's like, this voice does not does not come back. If it does, then it only comes back for, like, Treehouse of Horror. <laughs> <laughs> the family that was so nice at the picnic is at the therapy center, so maybe they were lying a little bit about being uh being just that happy. perfect most of the time the perfect ones are the ones that have the most issues a little commentary on a... that one <laughs> <laughs> rachel will do another uh, another episode about that yeah all these, little, all these little commentaries there's another family a ripoff version of the simpsons that leaves happy and that convinces homer that he's doing the right thing <laughs> I, I i really wish that they would have made them look more like the flintstones or something oh it would have been great um, like not just full on, full on out, but like something like that. Like nowadays, it would have been like the Griffins, or like yeah, the it would be Hill. yeah, but they wouldn't be walking out happy. So <laughs> yeah, the King like of the that. Hill might be, but not the Family Guy. Someone well, would be crying. Like, I'm saying like if they were doing like the Joker oh no no I, yes version of the Simpsons right. comes out right. No, I agree. So this is probably the most highlighted part of the episode uh it's, it's probably the best part of the episode it's the therapy with with marvin monroe which is it is good like the gags and oh yeah are pretty good it's entertaining they start by drawing things that make them anxious and everyone draws <laughs> homer <laughs> it's all like different different versions right of homer. and homer's, then homer's not paying attention <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just draws planes bombing things. but like is no i think isn't it a plane crash or is it a plane bombing things I can't remember. Because either way, that could be true. Why can't him being like in a plane crash make him anxious? I wrote I wrote down it's a plane dropping bombs. So oh, so maybe it is. Well. Oh my gosh. I guess that could make you anxious too if you're like afraid of that. But he wasn't paying attention. He just started drawing. Right, he just started drawing. He wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and Dr. Marvin Monroe, who's apparently a character that Matt Groening doesn't like because of the voice. He doesn't like he doesn't like oh he doesn't like the grading voice okay well apparently it hurts dan castellan or does dan castellan do this one i gotta see who does this one well then he he wouldn't like marge's voice marge is gravelly well it's like like he can he's okay with crusty but for Mm. some reason marvin monroe's was like put him over the top okay harry shearer does it so i apparently it hurts harry shearer's voice to do it a little bit so they 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 kind of went away from doing it a little bit and it was annoying for matt so they just decided not to to do that that's why he ends up dead (laughs) (laughs) off screen spoiler alerts (laughs) he decides that they need to up it a little bit because the therapy's not working so he goes (laughs) because 
Homer goes to hit Bart with a lamp. Like, Homer immediately, like, grabs a lamp to, like, whack Bart over the head with it. Yeah. And Monroe's like, okay, this is good. This is healthy. You want to kill each other. That's good. <laughs> so he decides to go get them, like, these padding mallets to right. whack. To whack each so other so with. So they can whack each other with. And just to get like, that, funny, just to get that like feeling of hitting each other, to get the aggression out, yeah. right? Um, I like that, like the little like Maggie. Yes, it's so one. cute. And she's whacking Homer, um, and then uh, Bart realizes, well, if you just take the padding off, it works a lot better. Yeah, because they were like, this he, isn't doing anything. They just nails Doctor Monroe <laughs> with it. So they decide like they need to go to more extensive method methods, and this is where you, I think it's supposed to be like a Clockwork Orange. I don't think you've ever seen this movie, Rachel. It should probably be on the list for the sake of, of how well-known it is. You the iconicness like of it, it. But that's, that's the whole point of doing the show. Because there's a scenes in there where they try to do like therapy on him to make him change his behavior. Interesting. Um, so this is similar, where they have them all set up. All five of them are set up with shock therapy, which why you would put Maggie... A baby! <laughs> or even even the children shouldn't be a part of this. But, God. With the whole idea being that if somebody says something emotionally hurtful, you shock them physically. And, of course, things get out of hand right away because Bart does it. Just for fun. like, my finger slipped. And then, <laughs> as, you, as it would make sense, like, so they're all shocking each other. And then Maggie, because she's a baby, just, just pressing, pressing buttons. The buttons. <laughs> Like, why would you think a baby would know to press the button at the right time or be pressed at? Like, and the funnier part to me is that she's pressing buttons, but she's also getting shocked. And like, <laughs> and like Marge gets shocked. Like, why are the, like, oh yeah, Marge is trying to discipline the kids by shocking them both. You are wired into the rest of your family. You have the ability to shock them. And they have the ability to shock. Why you? Oh, not yet. <laughs> you see, this is what is known as aversion therapy. When someone hurts you emotionally, you will hurt them physically, and gradually you will learn not to hurt each other at all. And won't that be wonderful, Homer? Oh yes, Doctor. Bart, how could you shock your little sister? My finger slipped. So did mine. Lisa, stop that! No, 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 no! Wait a minute! Wait, wait! Folks, folks, if I can, that—that is not the way to get healthy. It just gets very out of hand. It's funny, but it gets very out of hand. So the all the electricity is being taken out because of of this and like the people are leaving because they think like something crazy is happening and mm -hmm. they, they can't stand it so Madro pulls the plug on it because he's like there's just no hope for this family and homer reminds him that like well you said if we don't have if it doesn't work we get double our money back so they walk out with 500 big ones which even right. today you could buy a decent television for oh yeah so they're like well let's go get the tv back and homer goes like no we're not gonna go get the tv we're gonna Go get uh, a bigger TV. Oh, here it says on the Simpsons wiki, mm -hmm. the idea behind the scene in which the family takes turn electrically shocking each other was based on Laurel and Hardy throwing pies at each other. Oh. Although more sadistically. I like so, your interpretation better. Yeah. I mean, I could see that because like the whole idea of a lot of these early Simpsons is you take 
something from classic comedy and mm-hmm. you put a more sadistic spin you make on it. it edgier yeah so i could see that so anyway they decide to go get a new tv with a lot of cash and the family walks away happy and one thing we haven't mentioned a lot the score isn't there totally there in a lot of these early episodes mm-hmm. but it's an odd score when it is there i think and it's because it's not elf clausen Oh. Um, it's a different composer, did season one. Elf Clausen came in in season two. And I think okay. that, that becomes readily apparent in some of these episodes because you get louder stings in certain spots. And I feel like Elf Clausen was more about toning it to the mood. And this and this composer made it more, like, cartoony. Okay. Because you get that, like, bingo comes back as the score at the end when they're walking away. Mm. And I feel like you wouldn't have gotten that with Elf Clausen. Right. But they decide that they're all uh, happy together just the way they are, which they will learn again from Sherry Bobbins years later. <laughs> I almost started singing. <laughs> I won't do it now. <laughs> I can't promise that in a few years when we do the Sherry Bobbins episode, I will It's a musical! Sing. I'm gonna sing. Um, I'm, I will say I will sing. <laughs> Rachel's warning you all now, gentle listener, that she will sing. But that is a no disgrace like home. An yep. odd episode. It has good bits. It is it is funny. I, I do think it it has some funny bits. It's the third act is really good. It's just it's just so bizarre the way that they all act with each other. It is. I, I think it really is, and it just feels like uh, they either were using the wrong character to get everything rolling, or each character was just behaving like a a stereotypical child or stereotypical wife or something like that. You know, it it just felt a little bit more general than the actual characters themselves. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't necessarily think that this is like a, a bad one necessarily, but um it's a little odd. It's just, um, it's just oh, different. It does feel like parallel worldy. Another note about this one, this is the first appearance of Eddie and Lou. Oh yes. Um they walk into the bar. Uh, Lou's not black yet. He's yellow. Yep, that was weird. So they haven't made Lou black yet. And uh, the joke there is that Mo asks if he w- they want peanuts. And they're like, no, we're on duty. We'll get a beer. Yes. So pro- proto super bad almost. There. <laughs> um, and then, of course, he doesn't have the- he doesn't have them pay. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be noted that Itchy and Scratchy were in the shorts, but this is the first time that they were on the TV show. Well. Right. Yes. So anyway, that is episode four. So we have wait a minute. That's it. We got more. What are we doing? We're, we're out of fans. We're out of time. We're out of time, fans. But come back. Come back. 